0: So here we are at the Judy Bloom service area here on the uh, Garden State Parkway where the heck down somewhere in, in Jersey here uh, yeah I'm heading down to Video Game Connections in Howell, New Jersey and um, my planned route was to take the Parkway South to Route 9 and then take Route 9 the rest of the way to Video Game Connections uh, so I, I did that I got off at Route 9, everything was fine, driving along, and I I, I was like, looking around, I'm like, you know, I really haven't been this way in such a long time. Route 9 looks completely different. Like, I don't recognize this road at all, but it is that many, it has been many years. It's amazing how memory works, you know, you don't really remember these roads. And then, a few miles later, I see, oh, I'm on Route 35, what happened? I have no idea how I got onto Route 35. I don't know. I must have taken the wrong turn somewhere. I didn't take any turns. I got on Route 9. I stayed on Route 9. What do you want? Somehow it turned into Route 35, so I was at a light. I turned on my navigation. It brought me back to the parkway. I'm like, wow, I could have stayed on the parkway the whole way. Now I had seen that. There's a way you could stay on the parkway all the way to 195, then take 195 over, then you just take one north. That's what I'm doing now. But I figure I'd take a little rest break at... uh, Judy Bloom, a service area. Yeah, Judy Bloom, I guess, is from New Jersey, and uh, she had a rest area named after her. They just renamed all the rest areas on the um, Garden State Parkway after more modern uh, celebrities from New Jersey. Whereas on the the Turnpike, there are more historical figures that they have, you know, like Molly Pitcher, who may or may not have been an actual person, and uh, other various uh, personages. So, yeah, it's kind of a—it's not—it's what is it like in the mid fifties Fahrenheit? It's sunny. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. It's so weird. I, this is a very giving me a very nineties vibe going down to video game connections because they shut down Mike who runs the store. He he shut it down. I thought it was two thousand two. He's saying online is two thousand three, but anyway, the store has been closed for over twenty years now, and now that he's back. It's been open for about a month and a half. I was going to go on opening day, but... uh, Unfortunately, my wife broke her shoulder uh, the day before. And uh, was not able to. So it's been a a long road. Denise, my wife Denise is doing much better now. Uh, So I figured I could come down here. It's really given me so many vibes of... Just driving around New Jersey. Back in the 90s, or early 2000s. It's wild, but... But yeah, Judy Bloom. There's a whole wall dedicated to her in there. She wrote all these books. I Remember, my sister Julie would read would read those books. It was sort of about kids growing up and families and stuff. You know, I, I have to be honest. I really never read those books. I really don't know what they're about, but I know people like them a lot. Anyway, it was kind of interesting because there's a recently a um, on the other side recently. There was a, uh, a piece where I had the computer voice reading my old reviews, and one of them was for these vlasic pickles to go. In fact, I think on this episode I mean this is this is I'm starting off the next episode, but it's not going to be till uh, I'm going to keep going for a few days, obviously today Saturday I usually don't release it till Tuesday. So I, I am I think going to be talking about uh, other reviews I did back in '94, such as for Queens, I think that TV show Queens. I'm pretty far out in the parking lot here, but there's people standing outside my car talking. Okay. They're going now into the rest area. So anyway, when I saw this, it is a individually wrapped pickle. Kind of similar to that product from 1994. The O Snap uh, Pickling Company Gone Dilly Whole Kosher Dill Pickle. No brine added. Great for on-the-go snacking. So it's just a, it's a pickle. A pickled cucumber, to be more exact. No brine added means less mess. Oh, snap, pickles are convenient and tasty on-the-go snack. On the road, ideal for picnics. Toss in a lunchbox, or just about anywhere where no pickle has gone before. So we're going to try this out now. Little pickle review. Let's see how this works here. Tear open. Ooh. Inside... It's a delicious pickle. Look at this. <laughs> yum, yum. What a delicious surprise. A mm. pickle. Mm hmm. It's quite good, actually. It's a whole kosher dill pickle. Made with non genetically modified cucumbers. Wow. Still have cucumbers that haven't been genetically modified. Wow. What would what would you modify in a cucumber? I mean, what the hell? What are the modifications that are available? Hmm. Mm. Excellent. Excellent pickle in the afternoon on a weird day in New Jersey. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to head down I don't know how much further it is. Not too much further, right? I do have the navigation. Let's see how much further we have here. Only 15 more minutes. Okay. We can deal with that. 15 more minutes. Head down there. Say hi to Mike. Even though it's a month and a half later. I, I wanted to go there on opening day, but I, as I mentioned, I couldn't do it. All right, we're here. This is Regal Plaza. And uh, this is where I met Mike. Probably uh, somewhere around 91, 92. Um, right here. This was an, uh, a, a weekend flea market place, And I met him here. I re- still remember it to this day. And I worked, he actually had a store over here This place has been reconfigured But uh, he had a store here I worked for him in the early 90s Like 93, 94 And uh, then he moved across the highway There to Howell Center I see it right now And that's sort of the main place That all of the video game meetings And everything was And uh, Then he shut down In uh, 2002, 2003 time period now he's back, almost the exact same spot he used to be. This is amazing, absolutely amazing. There it is, there's the sign, Video Game Connections. It's so wild. should have been here six weeks ago, but, you know. As I mentioned, the circumstances, yada yada. Look at this, Video Game Connections. I feel like I'm stepping back into the 90s once again. And of course, the address is 2209, Route 9 North, 209, yes. <clears throat> Alright, heading here, you can sort of see, here's the door, let's see what's going on here, I'm in, wow, look at this, video game connections, a lot of customers here. Look at this! Some arcade machines. Nice. You you ready? You Thank you. Right Thank you man. Saturday. <laughs> I'll be here. Maybe, uh, do some shopping yeah. here.
1: <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> Mike.
2: Night of the hour.
0: We're recording.
2: Oh, no, Then I can't say anything else.
0: So this is so wild because so, I. So
2: yeah. Welcome to Video Game Connections. Yeah. Um, I wanted to call it round two. I was vetoed.
0: Really? Yeah. Who could possibly veto you at this point?
2: Uh, well, the, you know, the wife.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, 20 years later, we're back.
0: So now, I met you in this same structure. Yes. W- when, what year was that? It was like From out back here, right?
2: Ninety-one. 91? <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that a long time ago now? I can't tell anymore. No, that was yeah. like last week. So, you had a... What was going on here in 91? It was like a flea market. '91 uh, it was Is a, it indoor, outdoor? Was so no,
2: it was an indoor flea market and mini mall. Is uh, what they yes, tried to build yes, it as. yeah. So you had the, uh, the daily people um, that came on weekends, and then you had the rest of us that were crazy enough to put five days, six days a week into this wonderful establishment.
0: Wild. And then now the, the store that you had a store here, In the interior mall part, does that still exist in any way, that interior mall section? You're
2: kind of standing in it.
0: This is it. This is what it was. So
2: what it was before, you didn't have the entrances there. Yeah. That was not there. Um, The entrance to the store would have actually been right here. So So about three quarters of the way into what's now the store. Then you would have had the common hallway. Yeah. And then more stores on the other side. They just extended this back further, and we, we still have a hallway back there to get to, like, garbage, but that's it.
0: So how close is this to where the, where the store was? Very close? About
2: four doors down.
0: Four doors down. Wow. And how? what was, there was, like, a reptile guy, the reptile store, remember oh, I that? I forgot about yeah. it. That was, I, yeah. I, I,
2: I remember the card and comic people, the, the costume jewelry people. Um,
0: Such a long time, time ago. About wow. About wow. So I'm sorry I didn't come to the uh, your opening day, but, of course, my wife it's, broke her shoulder the day before, and... She it did was, it on purpose. It was she, so bad. She,
2: she didn't want you down here.
0: I don't know what it was, but she wound up having to get a shoulder replacement. That's how bad the injury wow. was.
2: Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, so
0: she's just started physical therapy.
2: Yeah. Um, don't back into her again. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so how was the opening day? It was good. Um, I saw...
2: Well, uh, uh, Lenny Herman was here. Yes,
0: that's what I was saying. Some of the old, the old, the old crew. Jake Foreman was here. Really?
2: Uh, how about Scott? Scott him. is in Massachusetts, I believe.
0: Really? Yeah. So he's not around anymore. Okay.
2: And he's completely off of social media, so I got to, like, email him once. You know, we email back and forth occasionally.
0: I know. Over the years, oh, he, he started...
2: Oh, Man. Somebody was asking about this this morning. Yeah, he was,
0: uh... Ooh, what's that? Oh, Seaman. I do C-Man. remember Man? Yeah. I don't think I ever had it on my Dreamcast, though.
2: Really? No, oh, this is complete. Microphone...
0: Yeah. So Scott used to have a website, but then he shut down all his websites, and then he just sent he sent out these emails Many,
2: many, many websites.
0: Then he sent out like these emails, like once every two years, to let people know he's still around and stuff. And I did email back and forth with him a little bit. If you go way back in the archives, Scott Crawford was on this show once or twice. Yeah. Wow.
2: But yeah, you know, uh, it only took me twenty years to. Uh get around to doing
0: this all over again. It's like I yeah, got some great stuff here. Look at this. It's like cuz it's wild cuz you know not if you go to a lot of shopping malls now, especially further out, uh, there's a lot of these, you know, video game collector's stores in malls and everything. So it's become like a like the, the new generation oh. is into the the games, it, right?
2: It, it just occurred to me, do we have to turn the music off Are we going to have any copyright violations? Uh
0: I think we'll be all right. <laughs> We're we're we're, we're but who knows but um,
2: we wouldn't want you to get a DCMA
0: I know but it seems like like uh, a, guy, a kid that lives down the street from me he's about I guess he's around 1920 huge video game fan and he's dedicated himself to like collect physically collecting all the old systems and stuff so I'm gonna try to send them this way uh, but do you find a lot of uh, younger people that weren't even around oh sure when this store shut down I mean
2: um, but- I, well yeah I mean, I've got customers that were customers then that come in with their kids that were born in, within the last 20 years. So
0: oh, that's true. People our age, good. Oh, you do have kids. Are they like still like little kids, or are they grown up now? They must be grown up somewhat.
2: It kind of happens, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, they're uh, oh, let's see, 28, 28, 22. 22 Whoa. 28. Let me. No, 20, 23. Oops. Wow. That's. <laughs> Been a couple it's, of
0: years. It, this is a mind bender because I'm just trying to process all this. Wow. Yeah, well, you
2: yeah, a few things happened over the years. Um, yeah, you know, then, then somebody hit a pause button and then a fast forward button because this has been the craziest three and a half years ever.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. The pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the great pause that suddenly, as soon as that ended. Everything just is like in warp speed.
0: Yeah, everything's back to normal now. No, <laughs> no,
2: it is flying by.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that uh, time, especially just in the past couple months, has been slipping by. Like, I'll wake up in the morning, and then before I know it, it's nighttime. That never happened before that much.
2: You know? I wake up in the morning, and it's like four days later. Yeah. By the time I get down the stairs. Oh, that's old age.
0: Yeah. That's our topic this week on, on The Central, is, old, is getting older. Yeah, so.
2: no, we're not getting old. <laughs> yeah, I, I I stopped I stopped mentally aging. Probably about eighteen years ago. Physically, I'm having a few issues. Yeah. Well, that's the that, thing; that, you don't feel
0: any different inside, but
2: uh... see, that's not true either, though. Just don't let it get to you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I want to ask you: this, Did this guy Robert contact you?
2: This guy Robert.
0: There was a guy. I'm trying to remember. This was a while ago. Now he he was a. Uh... A professor, and he had this story about going to the Echelon Mall over here in South Jersey somewhere. And there was this weird video game that he played, like, in 1983. And I thought he was making it all up. And I'm like, you got to talk to Mike Etler, because he would know about this. So did did, did, you—I forget his name, Robert something. Do you remember this guy? Did he ever contact you?
2: It's possible. I I actually do get that question a lot, though. Somebody will come in with, like, a snippet of, like— 13 seconds of a video game that they played 37 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, need, I have, like, a minute and a half to give them the response. And I, I'm actually pretty good at that.
0: But this was... I thought he was making it up as sort of a meta-fictional thing, kind of like... Um, what's, what's that fake video game, Polybius, that... Right? We never heard about this yeah. back in the day. It was something that was made up, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, well... But he's saying this... I forget what the game was, but it was, like... It was based on the Amiga, and it was this network game and people were going through tunnels shooting each other but he did come up with uh, a a newspaper article that I independently found online.
2: See what's funny is somebody else that I know just came up with a very similar story of a so-called game uh, and then pointed to a YouTube video that the YouTube video is basically just showing Minecraft levels and it's like yeah okay that's not real so...
0: Let let me find this because that's going to drive me crazy now if I can't remember that guy Uh, let me see. Ech- Echelon Mall. Right, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Alright, I have the information here. Robert Emmons, and he. This was out of an arcade called Video Village at the Echelon Mall. Yeah, he wrote a book. And it was a, a, a game called Chambers of Muon. And.
2: machines
0: and yeah anyway I, I he, he he interviewed me he, he he was around for like a month and then he vanished I don't know whatever happened to him
2: so it was it chamber font of what?
0: Chambers of Muon oh no yeah but it was yeah it was set up at Video Village at Echelon Echelon is kind of far from here right it was, it's still there
2: never even heard of it
0: Echelon Mall Nigeria? it's over by Cherry Hill Mall
2: oh yeah I don't go there yeah, yeah that, that's like another state
0: yeah well, it gets kind of confusing down here. Well, I
2: think that is now officially another state, right? South Jersey is yes, now a state. Yes, I think so. They finally they finally
0: seceded. Well, I, thought it
2: was, <laughs> I, I thought it was the uh, great governor uh, Philip J. Murphy. Uh, I think his I don't know his middle initial, but sounds good. Uh, I, I thought he uh, th- decided that New Jersey was two states, a north and a south.
0: But then th- then they also make Central Jersey a state too, technically.
2: Um, yeah, but the wrong Central Jersey. That's a whole other
0: topic. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like their yeah. their definition of it.
2: Well, you know, it is just for tourism purposes. But you would think, who who wants to you know, consider a Seaside South Jersey? I mean, then
0: nobody No, does. that's South, Seaside's not South Jersey. I wouldn't consider it South Jersey, no. Well, are, They're all our, confused.
2: Our state does. Well another reason why I want to leave
0: the state. Now where do you want to go? South. South like Southwest or south, not just like. south?
2: Of course, if I go too far south, then I'm in the ocean.
0: Because uh, you know, I guess I'm have to go south last west. year I went to New Mexico and I really loved it out there. So I would go there before I went to Florida or South Carolina or something. Have you Have you been?
2: I have not. Although I am now going to Vegas for the first time.
0: Nice. Yeah,
2: I was crazy enough to spend a ridiculous amount of money on VIP uh, tickets for uh, when we were young.
0: Wait, what is that?
2: You haven't heard of When We Are Yellow? No. Oh, One Day Music Festival. 50, 55 bands playing complete albums, start to finish, in one day.
0: Wait, all right, you have to tell me more about this. <laughs> is it? Is that in the sphere out there, the, the MSG sphere? No, no, it was in the Vegas uh, Festival area. Uh, hmm. hmm, I need to find out about this. Look at all these great video game products, some uh, Cole- Coleco Adam games, Zaxxon and Donkey Kong. I remember I saw the Atom for the first time at a video game show in New York. Look at this stuff. NES games, Genesis, some cool handhelds, look at this. Wildfire Pinball, I used to have that. Great stuff. Loose cartridges. I'm still having a hard time processing this. It really is uh, (laughs) very strange.
3: This.
0: All right, so tell me about this Cheetah Man thing again so we can get it on tape. What is Cheetah Man? Oh,
2: uh, So Cheetah Man 2 was the absolute worst NES game ever not released.
0: Okay. Um, I see you have regular Cheetah Man there.
2: So so this is a different part of the story. Okay.
0: Um,
2: Cheetah Man was by the the, uh, Active Enterprises that did the Action 52, and
0: Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah.
2: They they started work on a really bad, hey, we want to be a Turtles knockoff six-level game. Uh, never finished it. The company that was manufacturing their cartridges down in Florida um, ran off about 1,500 copies, threw them in Action 52 cases, made boxes, no instruction manuals, uh, sat on them for a number of years, and then started uh, offloading them. And we had we were contacted by a customer of ours. Um, gave us the phone number for them. And we called them up, ordered a couple hundred pieces, um, sold through those, brought in another hundred, and then the other. Now we were told there were fifteen hundred pieces. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> remaining twelve hundred just disappeared. You know, I know they were also selling them to like flea market vendors in Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we were selling them for you know, twenty bucks you know, at, at the NAVA meetings. Come on in, play the worst Nintendo game ever made, and hey, if you want, you could go home with one. And,
0: <laughs> Did yeah, you ever offer me this one? Or? I'm,
2: I absolutely am positive.
0: Okay, but I was like, eh, eh.
2: Yeah, you probably said this is like the worst game I've ever yeah, seen. Twenty yeah. bucks for that? Not not when I can sign and fly to Mall of America.
0: Yes, exactly. That was something I did back around that same time period. Yeah.
2: Or it could have been the week that your doors were stolen.
0: Yes, and I had to I had to drive down. I was when I was working, I drive down the highway in freezing cold with no doors, so I had to stop halfway down at like Bradley's or Caldor or something, and buy a ski mask to drive. Yes.
2: Yes, that was a very interesting day. When
0: did I walk into work with the yes, yes a ski mask on? For effect? Of course, absolutely. of course I did. <laughs> of course I did.
2: <laughs> we weren't sure if we were being robbed or if my uh, employee was in.
0: So now, uh, now how much are these worth now? These Cheetah Man two cartridges?
2: Cartridge only goes for about twenty five hundred. Sealed for forty five to five grand.
0: And do you have any left, or did you?
2: I. <laughs> so here's the beautiful part about not knowing where everything has been for the last twenty years. Um, I'm hoping that one day I open a box and find a sealed six pack still.
0: Really? So you still have like storage I, units that are you uh, haven't gone through?
2: We, it's hundreds of boxes. So, we we've. I, every time I think I've seen everything, yeah. I find something that I had no idea that I had or completely wow. lost track of. Now, we did have a flood about 14 years ago and did lose some stuff. So I don't know what I lost because I left that to somebody else to take care of. I never wanted to know. I'll figure it out sooner or later. But
0: Now, what, what is the, the story of the, the end of the original store? Because I thought it was 2002, but you're saying it's 2003. Well, it
2: was February 2003.
0: Okay. So, like, what happened? What was the...
2: Nothing. I had, you know, uh, I had had a family to raise.
0: So you need to get a real job.
2: It wasn't even that. It was... was, This is a real job, though. Come uh, on. Well, that was the thing. I was working seven days a week. Yeah. uh, Out of the house at 9 o'clock in the morning and home at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. That's true. So it's too
0: much of a job.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So now that uh, the the uh, house is empty, you know, I can leave for work at seven o'clock in the morning, get to my nine to five Monday to Friday job, and then work another thirty hours here. Or so oh wow, yeah, look at that, seventy hours a week.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I was so happy to hear that you were reopening. It just felt like. It felt like it made sense in some way, you know, to bridge that gap of those intervening years. It it, it
2: did. It, it felt like the right thing to do. It was the right time. There was only one location I had in mind, um, and it's not where I'm standing right now. It um, just didn't work out with the... Uh, property management at the other uh, location didn't seem very interested which was ironically in the same parking lot as our former store
0: really yeah so right over there yeah Yeah. wow you didn't try for any any of those like semi-dead malls
2: no 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 we did that cb square mall was that's uh, you
0: already yes i forgot about that you were there when it was like dying and
2: yeah that, that was uh that's where scott was
0: yes i remember going there to visit him once and is that mall, like, bulldozed at this point? or was it Yes,
2: it yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah. the last two buildings, the last two parts of the mall that stood were Value City and Sears. Everything in between was leveled. It's now a Target, um, a Lowe's that they had to shut down and I believe demolished by now because of a methane leak. That's what happens when you don't cap your uh, dumps properly. Take, so, take note, anybody in Staten Island.
0: Oh, because they had a big garbage dump there, and there's all Staten this. It was you know. a garbage. Dump. Yeah,
2: I'm sure you've been through Staten Island in the '70s.
0: I'm sure I did.
2: not All to. it was was one road. Yeah, and garbage on either side being bulldozed. We well, got to put it somewhere. Well, yeah, that, well, that, that's how Staten Island was created. <laughs> don't tell that to anyone, Staten. Island, which now there's going to be a mob hit on me. I'm going to have a couple, <laughs> of, couple, couple of Staten Island mobsters threatening to burn my store down.
0: You know. Huh. Well, that's actually not... Staten Island's not that far from here, because I did kind of yeah, pass by the... Uh,
2: well, there was a restaurant in Townsend. Outerbridge Crossing, yeah, uh, that they threatened to burn down. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: no, okay. Pretty powerful mafia over there.
2: Oh. Well, no, that was Staten Island. Yeah. Could have been Brooklyn. They're all yeah.
0: the same. Uh, now I'm really in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I, I've been meaning to put out the video... The, Video Game Connections movie, but that'll be my next project, from 2002.
2: I, I don't know, if, I don't know if, it, if a movie is the right format, I think it should be an ongoing series.
0: Just a series of all the, yeah. All the footage? Yeah, series. Because, you know, uh, Jay Foreman came on, um, you know, I have that monthly Zoom show uh, exit ramp. He came on, a, he's been on a couple times. Yeah, he told me. And I told him, like, you know, I have this video of you, why, did, did you, why were you making this tuna fish sandwich? He's like, I never eat tuna fish sandwiches. So I sent him the actual video, and he's like, all right, I have to admit, I did make a tuna fish sandwich. That's the exciting stuff you can see in the Video Game Connections movie, Jay's tuna fish uh, formula. But but
2: unfortunately, nobody will get to see blocks of tofu with soy sauce.
0: I still eat that sometimes,
2: yeah. That was your daily thing.
0: Was there a good place to get tofu around
2: here? No, you used to bring it with you. You used to stop at a grocery store.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. That's still a good meal That
2: was pre-Wegman's Wegman's wasn't even there yet Yeah I don't know where you were stopping Shop right I guess. Well that
0: Manalapan Mall Was there back then Maybe it was, No oh, yeah, the
2: one that, uh, yeah we won't talk about What happened in that parking lot uh,
0: What happened I didn't know What happened
2: Oh they, they had There were rapes Murders That was a really bad So that was like a, a yeah.
0: very As parking lots go One of the worst Worst ones yeah, At least in New Jersey Jeez I didn't know that That's very Very upsetting See, so, yeah, I'm going to try to make put this movie together, and uh, there's one scene I have to delete, though. But we won't talk about that.
2: <laughs> Wait, now we have to talk about.
0: This. Well, we'll we'll stop the recording. <laughs> All right, let, let me ask you about because it's, it's different. This is an it's about a, a game from the past that I've been getting quite into lately, but then I realized that I don't really have any memories of it from the time. The game Lock and Chase.
2: Well, sure. Okay, so I know about it now, an 80's but East arcade game. It was out for in television. Yes, yes, but, and and uh, Game Boy.
0: But do you remember it from back in the day, from the eighties? Do you On remember Lock Television
2: and, and, game? and Game Boy? Yes. So what? not. In the, I've never. I don't know if I've ever seen the Lock and Chase arcade game, but yes, I.
0: But how about the tw- the twenty six hundred version, which I have? I have no memory of that. It Was M Network? Do you have that by the way? Was
2: it actually released? Yes, by it M-Network? was. And I, mean, I then, then I have to have it. If it was an M Network release, I had it.
0: So I don't even, and I didn't have it in television, but all the research I've been doing about Lock and Chase, I realized I don't remember it from back in the day. So it's like this weird Mandela effect thing.
2: Well, there were just a lot better games like that. I mean, you know, are you going to play. Um... Mousetrap or Lock and Chase? I mean, Lock and Chase was kind of... It was basically a cross between Mousetrap and... Yeah, and, I, and, and, like and I think
0: Ladybug was probably better, you know. But, oh,
2: Ladybug. But, but Ladybug was only on ColecoVision yeah. and uh, in television. You didn't have that for the Do you season. have
0: any Lock and Chase products here?
2: Uh, probably. Game Boy
0: and television. Uh, uh,
2: oh, now you're going to ga- want me to look through all my Game Boy games again, don't
0: you? No, no, don't worry about that. I know. <laughs> well, that's the only system I still have. I have uh,
2: So, nothing... In here at the moment. Yeah. Um, do I probably have some in storage or my basement or
0: I mean do you have like one of those Data East collections that might have it on there or
2: Oh there is a Data East collection for Switch, isn't there?
0: Is there? I saw the Taito one. I don't know about
2: I don't think it's because Taito is a physical release?
0: Taito distributed Lock and Chase in in the North America, but I don't think it's on this Taito collection.
2: for Classics number one. Oh yeah, no, this was really bad. There is a Data Ease collection. It's bad. It's uh, um, bad dudes and uh, it's more... And then
0: there's that game Heavy Burger. Have you played that one? Uh,
2: That sounds like a Burger Time knockoff.
0: So it's basically um, you play in an arcade with all those old games like Burger Time, Heavy, Heavy Bad Dudes, Heavy Barrel and Lock and Chase but it's you play as Peter Peppers. So
2: do you have it in television? No. Oh. Well, you can't use an Intellivision on a black-and-white TV. Every box tells you for color TV on.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was asking, Mike. I, I have two really nice black-and-white TVs I got from my parents' house. And I remember... So the
2: only Lock and Chase releases 1981 Arcade, 82 Intellivision, 82 Atari 2600, yeah. and 83 Apple II.
0: Yeah. And then That'd 90-something be- is the Game Boy. Which is actually not bad. I've been playing it yeah, on the emulator.
2: because they don't list the Game Boy.
0: What the Game Boy is? A...
2: Oh, and it used the same arcade hardware as Burger Time.
0: Yes, yes. Because I was recently theorizing that it would be cool to become a Lock and Chase collector and have to buy everything of Lock and Chase, of which there's a lot. Uh,
2: no, we just said there's four games.
0: But there's a lot more. There's the arcade cabinet, right? Okay. From Japan, you need the Japanese arcade cabinet. The American Does so
2: Anybody go that extreme? Do they actually get the arcade cabinet from every region?
0: Well, I mean, the I the Marquee, and that was the Deco cassette system. Hmm. It had a beautiful um, arcade cabinet, and then the the Marquee is much better than the uh, U.S. Marquee for Lock and Chase.
2: Well, I guess you know, you know what you're saving up for now.
0: Well, but then I decided not to become a Lock and Chase collector because I wow. figured it was pointless. <laughs> But then I realized that I don't really remember it from back in the day, and i is it like a Mandela effect thing? But you remember it, so. Oh, absolutely. So Lock and Chase on Intellivision. Did you have Intellivision?
2: Uh, no, actually my wife had television when I met her. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think that was why I said, okay, you'll do it. Uh, <laughs>
0: Wow. I see you have a lot of zoops here. That was a good game. Oh, yeah. But you have the Japanese uh, Saturn version?
2: I didn't know there was a Saturn it's it's
0: a very good version. Well, did you ever download the full set from uh, Pleasure Dome before they shut down? Download?
2: Are you talking about like, illegally obtaining games? I know
0: we're recording right now, but do you remember <laughs> the Pleasure Dome?
2: I, I do not, actually. Really? No. The only Pleasure Dome I remember was the uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood album, Welcome to the Pleasure yes,
0: Dome. Yes, yes. That was the kind of... Yes, it is. I had that back in the day. No, this was a site where hey, they
2: frankly, had... Frankie, you still on my Spotify playlist. I mean, as,
0: as they should be, yeah. 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 So this was a site, it was a heavily policed ratio site for the torrents. But, oh, yeah, then that's probably why I know. But went there. they had everything. So, you know, MAME included mess. So MAME now has every system ever, every home computer, every handheld system, everything. And probably the reason they shut down is that they... Created what they called the software list, which was every game for every system up to, um, up to about 2000, yeah. and including all the Nintendo games and everything. It was kind of sneaky, so I got all that. So it's literally one terabyte, and it's every game ever.
2: So you just basically said on a podcast that anybody can forward to Nintendo. Yes, that you have every piece of software that they've written up through 2000.
0: So, as the law is written, it is it would be the Pleasure Dome's responsibility, because I don't know. Maybe they wrote they had a deal with Nintendo, and I'm downloading all this stuff for free. I'm not. I don't have to police it. I am in the clear.
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure the way the law was written was that you're allowed to have a backup of items that you have, that you physically own.
0: Listen, <laughs> you really think Ninten- Nintendo's going? to... Now, wait a minute. But anyway, it's great to I mean, have. You're,
2: you you're heard what happened to Bowser, right?
0: The villain or the president of the company?
2: No, the Canadian.
0: No, there's a Canadian Bowser.
2: Yeah, he was. Wasn't that the, I think wasn't that his name? The one that got uh, that that massive fine.
0: For downloading Nintendo games?
2: Well, he was doing a little bit more than that. He was also distributing and installing mod chips. And oh, okay. Yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of Bowsers in Nintendo now, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And have you played the new game, Super Mario Wonder? I have not. It's very good.
2: That, that, that's always been the, the downside of owning a video game store. Should no time to, to play, play video, games? video
0: games. Kind of like that Twilight Zone episode where Burgess Meredith steps on his glasses. No.
2: Have to wait until, uh, that, Christmas
0: week that you haven't
2: seen that one? He's, if, like, I'm going to remember every Twilight so he's
0: like this guy who loves to read books. He hates people. There's some sort of weird explosion and every person on earth disappears. He hates people, so he's like, this is amazing. I have the whole world to myself. I can read books. But he had a very special glasses prescription and he steps on his glasses so now he can't read and he's all alone. It's called Time Enough at Last. Right? That was a good one, right? Yeah. yeah. So so now you love video games, and you have your own video game store, but now you don't have time to play video games.
2: Sounds about right. Yeah. Hopefully I don't make the same mistake I made last time and try to collect every video game for when I do have time.
0: Yeah. Now, do you have a... Uh, I don't know if we should... Reco- I don't want to give anyone any ideas, but as I recall, in your location across the street... There's an issue with the drop ceilings. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Or?
2: Oh, we can because above above this building is a second floor. Yeah. So there's uh, steel and concrete to go through. To okay. Get through the drop ceiling. So, so we're, we're we're much more secure now.
0: So so and, you're oh,
2: and I don't have a neighbor who doesn't believe in locking the back door of first door.
0: So, what happened was someone wanted to rob your store, but you had great security, you had great locks, everything was good.
2: No, well, we just locked our doors. The doors were locked. Really, all you needed to do. But if your neighbor doesn't lock the door, all they need to do is go into their unlocked door and climb up through the drop ceiling and kick a small hole through sheetrock and literally fall through your drop ceiling, and hey, they're in your store.
0: And then back then, you didn't have those like uh, security cameras, like the Nest camera or we anything?
2: Didn't, uh, we didn't have cameras, but obviously there was a security system, because that's how a police called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay. They said, so hey, the- come to your store. It was just broken in. Oh, jeez. But keep in mind that was only one location that was broken into. Seaview Square yeah. Mall was an inside job.
0: Oh, I didn't know you had a problem with Seaview.
2: Yeah, they actually sat there and pried the bars on the gate apart.
0: Well, like the mall security or something? Yes. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Um, uh, what was the, the place in East Brunswick? Route 18 Market. Yeah. A uh, security guy there decided to literally hop over a wall to, to clean the store out. So yeah, we've, we've been at target
3: a few times
0: Oh, you were at you were at that Route 18 market? I, I don't remember that
2: Oh, that was... That was ninety three, ninety four. 94?
0: I used to love stopping by that place, yeah How about the Route 1 flea market? No US 1? No. no I worked at the comic store there in 85 Shows how old I am it's
2: 85 No, I was working at Great Adventure
0: in 85 Gin Blossoms, wow
2: fantastic live oh. band, by
0: the way. Really? Yes. Was it that? No, it was Soul Asylum. They just released the the complete uh, unplugged I never session. I them live. Yeah. I don't
2: know if I can actually get into that. Yeah, Not I just started listening on, like, no, yeah. No you know. offense to anybody that does like them. I just yeah. that was never my thing.
0: Yeah. But now all this music is, like, super old and classic rock, I guess? Or... Like, this stuff is all 30-plus yeah, years old.
2: This, this would be,
0: uh... Classic rock.
2: Well, but here, get, getting into even the, the, I don't know if any of this was mentioned on the, on the recording, but the one we, when we were young, that's nah. yeah, all 20-year-old stuff. So here. Put all right, so story. we
0: didn't talk about that. So what is this concert? It's uh, out in Las Vegas. It's a bunch of bands.
2: Uh, probably the most amazing 13 Hours of Anybody's Life.
0: And 50, like My Chemical uh, uh, Romance and Coheed uh, and Cambria.
2: They used uh, Fallout Out Boy
4: over starship
2: uh, against the currents playing uh,
4: thursday
2: um thinking monday's
0: coming
2: back There's more, more bands than you can you know count all doing an album from their catalog in its entirety
0: that's amazing i hadn't heard about this
2: well missed out i know Well, not yet. You can still get tickets. For the day I'll be there. I
0: do want to go get back out to to Vegas. I was last there in 2018, I think. Come on, get tickets. I'll think about it. VIP,
2: stand right in front of the stage, air conditioned bathrooms, VIP tent. Sounds good. Supposedly, even like a chair or two that all the VIPs get to fight for. Really? Yeah
0: now when, when is this happening?
2: October 19th 2024, well no, 19th is the Saturday show 20th is the Sunday show, 19th sold out in 30, 34 minutes
0: oh so it's next year yes, okay, I got gotcha.
2: you oh yeah, all of the, everything gets sold a year in advance
0: kind of like those fish in Mexico things where you gotta you, know, a whole, you have to buy the whole travel package to Mexico to see fish
2: yeah, I, I don't know about fishing in Mexico
0: no, the band fish
2: Really? The Scottish guy is going to go to... No,
0: Miami? the other fish. <laughs> I do want to do the yes, Mexico so did thing. did you
2: buy a fish travel package? No. So there's no, like, fish cruises? Because I, I just did a Coheed and Cambria cruise
0: um, for the second time. Well, I saw that that Pro- there's that Prague cruise. How's yeah, the it? Prague
2: yeah. cruise. The cruise to the edge, so Merlian's headlining yeah. for the last couple of years because Yes is no longer headlining it. The problem is it's pricey it was, for two people, it's about five grand. Yeah. And, realistically, outside of Marillion, Steve Hackett, um, uh, Al Stewart's there. I mean, I guess there's a lot of... I, I, he does, like, 17 sets of just Time Passages, and uh, yeah. Yuri the Cat walks off the stage, comes back, and does it again as an encore. What else? Did, I, I know he's got a third song. I can't think of it.
0: You, you know that guy that was in Yes... Um Uh, That one, yeah. No, Philip. uh, Philip, uh, what's his name? Philip uh, Anthony Phillips. Oh yeah. And his—they're re-releasing his uh, "Slow Dance." You know "Slow Dance" by Anthony Phillips? Oh, you got to check it out. They're re-releasing it on vinyl. Write it down. They're
2: releasing everything. "Slow
0: Dance" by Anthony Phillips. It's fantastic. The
2: problem is, it's never going to actually get pressed because Taylor Swift owns all the vinyl. Well,
0: how about Jack White? He owns vinyl pressing plants.
2: Yeah, but they're just pressing Taylor Swift vinyl. Yeah. So about three years ago, every company or every band that had announced a vinyl release yeah. all came out within like a couple of months of each other, and all of them had to delay it, blaming Taylor Swift.
0: She has become quite the phenomenon. <laughs> hard, hard to avoid.
2: If you say so, I've managed.
0: I'm, I try, I'm trying to understand it. I, I listened a little bit of one of the concerts. I think I recognized a few songs. It's not something that I'm into, but... But I wanted to ask you, what about that Prague stock in uh, Linden? Have you gotten to that one?
2: I haven't. Um, I looked at it last year. But oh, wait, they're
0: moving to the town by me.
2: Oh, are they?
0: Yeah. Um, when R- is Rutherford, that, yeah.
2: That's in... Um,
0: is it... I think it may, we may have already happened. No,
2: it happened this year, but I think it's like August or something.
0: I don't know, because I, I was saying I wanted to go. Yeah, and know that. All right, let's see. Because Rutherford, I live right by L- Rutherford. Yeah, right.
3: that'd be worth it.
0: Prague stock.
2: That, really well. that was pretty busy
0: for a while. October 18th to 20... Oh, 2024.
5: Okay. All right. So I, 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 it stopped happening as I got
3: here, so
0: I just can't be- All right. Let's see what I'm getting here. Video Games Magazine from December 1982. Good good year, good month.
2: thought that was a, a really good vintage for Video Games.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm getting for the Switch because I did want to get one cartridge, Atari 50th anniversary. This this will be great to have in my Switch forevermore. All sorts of great games. And, of course, Mike, I want to thank you so much from his personal stock, Lock and Chase for Intellivision, which was the main home version, that the big main home version. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, that
2: would be the original home one, yes. Sir.
0: Yeah, and apparently there was a Lock and Chase con- uh, contest that had all these prizes and stuff.
2: Now you want to find one with a sticker on it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I now, I need a couple T-shirts, too.
2: Oh, yes, you do. We have uh, extra large. Uh, so, bottom shelf for the white and the black on the same thing. Let's see.
4: Actually, all three of them are all together with white and large. All with all extra large. Yeah, we have a lot of extra large and white. Beautiful. Getting a big haul of stuff here.
0: Uh, can I get this Mario World? Uh, fun. This font. This font is uh borrowed. I'm trying to remember this. This is
4: um uh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm.
0: hmm? The font?
3: Yeah. Uh, what is it?
0: <laughs> huh? Oh Sega, okay. Nemesis. But it's similar to the font similar that was used Sega? in uh, the micronauts, right? You
2: know, it, it <sighs> is very similar to
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Um
2: yeah, yeah. I
0: know the name of that font. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy now. Looking up this thing. All right, well, I guess it's time to head out great seeing, seeing you again. great meeting you um, and uh, we're gonna I'll certainly be back hope so and uh, yeah I got some great stuff here it yeah. was
2: a lot of fun we gotta get uh, Jay involved next time
0: yes absolutely yeah, and Scott like you said is in Massachusetts so we hmm.
2: Scott we won't see yeah.
0: anytime soon
2: who else is around well Dustin would be great to get
0: yeah That classic clip from that old audio thing I did, where Jay's like, "Go talk to your master, Dustin." Did he call the cops on some? He's like there's some woman over there, and he was called the cops because this guy was like carrying a woman on his shoulder. This weird stuff, right? Yeah. Anyway, once my see, I'm working on a book, just like, you know. Leonard Herman's book. So. Oh,
2: so there's going to be a history of video game connections book that thick one day.
0: Yes. Well, this is my my radio project, but the no, third No, no, do a history. What of what edition is he up to? I'm up to my third edition. So this is 4. 4, okay.
2: 5 is a two volume set being published by Limited Run.
0: Okay. So he's ahead Which of me. I only if have You
2: pre-order it now. Yeah. You might see it in 2026.
0: Okay. I might do that.
2: Have you ever looked at Limited Run? No. So yeah, if you want physical cartridges of switch games that are not being released yeah anywhere other than digital um you can place an order in the one month window that they make them available yeah and maybe a year later you get your product really or you just get an update email like i did for ray storm that says we're hard at work making your game if you ordered the standard version it starts shipping in a week if you ordered the steelbook or the collector's edition maybe first quarter of next year. Wow. They had no problem taking my money for the steelbook <sighs> last October. It's
0: crazy. Was this a Kickstarter type of thing <laughs> or something? Or?
2: It's not really a Kickstarter because it's all done through their website. Yeah. But they just open up orders for a month, and then they take their final order number, pad it with you know about a 10% overage you know, to assume damage, whatever, um, plus stock for their store. And obviously they have to meet whatever the order rate minimums are with yeah. Nintendo. And then they just, you know, wow. eventually release it to, uh, to production. Now, in the case of something like Raystorm, Ray they decided the developer, now keep in mind the game's been available digitally for who knows how long. The developer, out of the blue, decided they were going to add original CD audio tracks. From the original PlayStation yeah. release, and that held up the game by six months but they finally hmm. got it finished yikes now they have to start manufacturing the steelbook which think about this if you're waiting on the cartridge wouldn't you manufacture all the other components
0: i would think so yeah
2: yeah apparently not apparently they didn't do anything else until they had the cartridges done uh neo geo collection or neo geo pocket Volume 1 was yeah. held up because they couldn't get the silver foil paint for the boxes. <laughs> Volume 2, I have no idea what the holdup is on that.
0: Wow. Well, oh, you have Magic the Gathering here, too.
2: Yeah, that's for That's just some consignment pieces that we have.
0: Yeah. Alright, I'll see you next time. Here on the Overnightscape. And in reality. <laughs> <laughs> Right, just left. It was like no time at all passed. Hanging out at the store, talking. I was there for way, well over three hours, just, just talking, having conversation, all sorts of crazy stuff. Really, really cool. So glad I came down. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stop by the mall on the way home. See what's up, Freehold Raceway Mall, which is fairly close to here, I believe. See if there's anything good there. All right, we're here at the mall. Freehold Raceway Mall. I was right, I was here. And in fact, I parked right around the same spot a few months ago. Earlier this year, I was here. Do you remember? Took like a road from Quaker Bridge to here. Yeah, so I'm entering by the, the carousel. Yeah. The mall closes at nine. All the malls used to close at nine thirty. I guess they changed all that quite a while ago. Food court. Maybe I should get some food. I don't know. I don't think they had anything vegan here, though. Here we are inside the mall here. Yeah, this wasn't not not a, I don't, This mall is like not dead. It's doing all right, I guess. Yes. There's the the people, all those those little uh, stuffed animal vehicles, people ride around. A lot of people are riding on them. Whoa! Remember I had a, it's called uh, Dream Riders. People love it. Just ride around like maniacs. The Fruitberry Nutrition Hut. Place. maybe they have some new food here since last time we shall see yeah this is definitely continuing the uh, retro vibe for me being at a food court at a mall which is still though not quite as uh, certainly not as the same experience as back in the day it's still fairly similar I'm sure there's many 2023 timelines that don't have anything like this anymore due to a variety of factors, but it's very cool to see. It's a rather large mall. Ooh, Primark is one of the uh, anchor stores up here. Yeah, I don't need to, I don't need to walk around too much. I, could, I just want to get a taste of a mall. Ooh, Five Below. That's always a good store. Any stairs or anything? It's a very long mall without any many stairs in the in-between sections. Are there more food places over here? Cinnabon? Every time I, I see Cinnabon, I always wonder, did they come up with a vegan Cinnabon yet? And every time it's like a no. Who knows? Maybe maybe if I walked over there, they would have it, but I doubt it. Happy to see there's really no Christmas decorations yet, because you should wait for Thanksgiving, which is actually coming up this week. But there is a Christmas Wonderland store. Soul Culture, a sneaker store. Christmas Wonderland. Those temporary Christmas stores. I used to try to find coffee-related Christmas ornaments at these type of stores. I don't anymore, though. For whatever reason. Fan treasure, sports store. Grinch pajamas at Primark. We'll skip that store. We'll skip that Primark. Yeah, I I, I really just enjoy drinking in the vibe and remembering all the malls of the past. Maybe I'll stop in Five Below. Although they do sell things for more than $5 now because of inflation. There's a sign that says something like that. Oh, wow, they have different vehicles here. They have, like, uh, cyberpunk motorcycles for kids to ride around the mall. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what they got here. Yeah, it wasn't much of much interest in that store. Ooh, FYE. The sort of uh, descendant of a Sam Goody type store, but... I can skip that. I think we can skip it all. Let's head out. I enjoyed it. The five minutes in the mall, though. Oh, here's more Christmas ornaments. Yeah. Footlocker. Which, of course, is um, the remaining uh, the remaining aspect of Woolworth's. Woolworths, the famous five and dime store eventually transformed into Foot Locker so it does still exist, not as Woolworths anymore, only as Foot Locker how about the Nutrition Hut yeah, GameStop alright, I've seen enough video games today, I don't need to go to GameStop they're giving out free samples at the Nutrition Hut All right, this, kid, this kid's riding on a giraffe, there's a dragon, a white tiger, all sorts of different animals you can ride around in, it's $10 for 10 minutes or $15 for 20 minutes. Hey, animal vehicles ain't cheap, okay, I have a, is that like a gold dog? A My Little Pony unicorn type creature. All sorts of things. An angry bird. Assume it's unlicensed. Anyway, I, I actually did buy some more food. I bought... um, They're like corn nuts, but it's like... A different version of corn nuts. I think they're called like love nuts or something. There's <laughs> something. I have some food to eat in the car. Alright. Now, I will... Pass you off to uh, a few days from now when I continue the show. And from the parking lot to the kitchen, here we are, a few days later, yes. How many days? It? it was Saturday, and today's Tuesday, so a few days, yeah, a few days, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great day going down there to Video Game Connections. I got that magazine, we gotta take a look at the, uh, the 1982 issue of Video Games Magazine. Kitty, yes? Mr. Vegas Champ the Cat. Kid- kitty! You got all your stuff already this morning. You're not getting anything else for a little while, okay, kitty? So I have a bit of an issue with my thermal carafe here. It's my coffee maker. It's pretty old. It's a Cuisinart. Uh drip coffee maker with the, the thermal carafe. And I did replace this once because it broke. Um, I got another identical unit, but now I'm I'm looking online. I don't see the same one. There's a bunch of different ones, but I don't want to have to get a new coffee maker if I don't have to. The problem is the the lid of the thermal carafe, I dropped it. And I think there was like a metal ball in here, but it sounds like there's another metal ball of some sort. Anyway, the mechanism in here, I part of it broke. But I don't know what did it do? Like can I just still make coffee with this and it'll be okay, you know what I mean? So I'm going to, I want to make sure it doesn't like drip all over the place or cause some kind of problem, but I'm thinking it should still work, you know? So I'm going to have to make some coffee here. But keep an eye on it. Right? Yeah, I was looking at, I don't know, I don't really, some of them are like, uh, it's interesting, this brand of, um, coffee filters i got here it's called uh technivorm mocha master they actually have coffee uh, drip coffee machines with a the thermal carafe and uh but they cost like three four hundred dollars i don't understand it um I don't, plus i don't really have a great place to you know i i have to sort of pull my coffee maker out to make the coffee because it's deep under the cabinets you know what i'm saying all these mundane issues are very vexing 11.19. Wait, that's not the right time. Or, it is the right time. Okay, yeah, it is, actually. Is it 11? No. 10.19. Did I... I didn't change these, uh... Oh, I didn't change the uh, the coffee maker or the uh, microwave uh, clock since the time change. Spring forward, fall back. I'm telling you, yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know if this will work without the metal ball, but... I'm thinking, like, it, it sealed it. It sealed the carafe more, and then when you pour it by gravity, the ball goes down, or something like that. But uh, if anything, maybe it'll lose its heat faster, which I don't really care. I don't really need... That's why I use the thermal carafe, which is a... um, It's almost like a thermos, right? So you make the coffee, and then you can just leave it there, because I like to make coffee and then have it for a couple days available. You see what I'm saying? Because I don't mind if it's a little old and a little cold. Some people need their coffee to be brand new and hot. I don't need that necessarily. You see what I'm saying? Whoa. I mean, we also have the the, the Keurig, you know, the single cup coffee maker, which I do use if I need to. I used it this morning, but um, after I broke this thing, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, it would be cool to get a new coffee maker. I guess I've had this one for years. I think I had this at the other place years ago. But, yeah, I don't know. The mechanism. Hmm. Anyway, this could be a problem. I don't know. I was also looking at ones that have the built-in coffee grinder, which seems like it would be good, but it just feels like, I don't know, it might need a lot of maintenance. I just want to have easy coffee. Well, that's what the that's what the Keurig is for. Easy coffee. Anyway, let me do this. Get some beans here. Grind some beans. Ah! I'm spilling it all over the place. Where'd the other one go? Go. Some, some beans. All right, it's almost done brewing and I think it's uh, doing all right. I'm just trying to figure out what is the deficit for the broken lid. If it's kind of working. I guess the proof will be in uh, if the coffee comes out and it's good, and we'll see. Here's oh, a little piece of plastic that was inside there. Jeez. <laughs> there must be some reason for it, but. Uh, I mean, I pretty much am the only one that uses this coffee pot. Um, Occasionally, when there's company over, I kind of feel like I shouldn't use it because I don't really clean it properly, but it's just me, so I don't really care. I know you're supposed to clean it, like you have to run like vinegar or baking soda through it every so often. And I don't know, I'm just kind of lazy. I just keep making coffee with it. The coffee seems okay. Is it okay not to clean it as much? I don't know. Is it dirty? But it's just old coffee in there, right? So, old coffee, I mean. And new coffee. It's all coffee. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know. Is this thing still going? You hear this? this? Towards the end of the process? It'll beep, I think, when it's when it's done. And I just want to pour... I already had enough coffee today. I, I, I just had the Dunkin' Donuts curry pods, but... I'm making some noodles here. I love these Momofuku noodles from uh, You get at Whole Foods. It's a lovely noodle dish. Gonna beep? Come on. Just look at this magazine. Video games. Yeah, this is. Uh, I remember this mag- magazine. It was one of many magazines back then. This was a really good one, though. December 1982. Video games magazine. Ooh, there we go. So I have to look at the magazine, but now it's beeping. All right, let's see if it worked. I'm gonna pour a little bit out and and see how we're doing here. I mean, how did did it do? Uh, Plus, also, there was something something previously wrong with this lid because it doesn't feel like it snaps as much as it did before. So maybe something else got broken in there? I don't know. I got a coffee cup here. As long as it, this is the part, the pouring part. All right. If anything, it pours faster. That may be it. It may be... It sort of mitigated the... Uh... Yeah, so maybe it's it, it's gonna like cool down faster, what have you. But... Because it, it's not sealing it against it. But this doesn't really bother me too much. I mean, I guess, ultimately, I'd love to get like a Supremo kind of coffee maker that... I mean... I guess one that, I guess the hard part is, like, did you actually connect it to the plumbing and automatically grind? Does everything for you. Uh, it's not necessary. Hmm. Weird. Coffee smells a little strange, but anyway. Alright, almost time to make the noodles here. You know, like, when water's boiling, but it's not, like, a rolling boil, is it, like, okay, or... This is boiling. I think this is a boiling kind of situation. Let's put the noodles in. The wavy noodles are for four minutes. Yes. (laughs) What the hell? The garbage is steaming. Oh, because I put the the coffee grounds in there that are still steaming hot. Oh, because I put it in there right after it finished brewing. Okay. But the steam is not... Yeah, it's not smoke. It's steam. Steam. Yeah, so 1982... So when we talk about that era of video games, right, 82 is sort of like a a border year. Actually, 83 is the year that kind of is the crossover. It's hard to describe, but there's a certain magic, a certain charm, a certain tone to the world of video games that really, uh, I would say, from 78 and the release of Space Invaders, uh obviously 77 was the original release of the Atari VCS later known as the 2600 the arcade you know so there's the arcade machines and there's the home world and it all sort of is the video game scene which was from 78 to 82 was a certain thing and then 83 was kind of a crossover year in a number of ways I notice it in the graphics of magazines in uh, the art styles and the tone of the games. 83 is the transition year. It also was the year of the home video game crash where I think specifically for the Atari VCS uh, all these third-party manufacturers started making cartridges and there were so many of them that there were more cartridges than customers to buy them and so many of them went out of business. Like, for example, Imagic, which was at the top of their game. What amazing carts! They went out of business around this time, I think, maybe a few years later. So December 1982 feels like a very kind of special time for uh, this world of video games because it was sort of the end of an era in some ways. Though it's hard. You can't really set a day. It's like it, it was still this magic at December 1982, and it had kind of gone by January 1984. So on the cover here, we have Corporate Wars, and they have these, like, spaceships battling. Midway has a Pac-Man spaceship, Atari spaceship, a Mattel spaceship. Wow, it's so cool. Corporate Wars. Atari lands Lucas, celebrates 10th anniversary. Midway joins forces with CBS and Disney. Mattel offers rebate, doubles ad budget. (laughs) Exclusive interviews with Ken Houston and George Plimpton. Wow. 10 pages of reviews, including Tron, Caveman, Kangaroo, Pitfall, and Arcadia 2001. <coughs> wow. it's a motley group of uh, games there. And systems and things. And pinball. Well, Caveman was pinball and video games combined. So I like this, how uh, Atari lands Lucas. So what, did they make a deal with Lucasfilm? I don't know what was up. Yeah. Right? Because they made uh, the Indiana Jones games and stuff. And they celebrate their 10th anniversary. That's pretty good for Atari. Midway... Joining forces with CBS and Disney. Wow. But then then Mattel, what are they going to do? They're offering rebates. Wait a second. That's not as good as joining forces with something like Lucas or Disney. And they doubled their ad budget. Yeesh. Yeah, Mattel was not long for this earth. Mattel Electronics, uh, they didn't. What happened to them? Well, I guess they were bought by Hasbro, right, Mattel? Yeah. They weren't doing so good. What do we have here? Talking about Mattel. Op- opened a... Open it up—an inside front cover uh, with a foldover. <coughs> oh wow, it's like sort of written in code. Add new life to Atari VCS with M Network home video games, but they—they they spell it out in this whole weird way. Yeah, M Network games, including lo- there's Lock and Chase right there. Wow. All right, let's see. Time to make the noodles. What a morning. Coffee. Issues, video games, noodles, beeping, all sorts of things. Yeah. I always thought of M-Network games as kind of second tier. They really weren't that good. A lot of them were, uh, you know, uh, uh, translated versions from, uh, ported versions from the Intellivision, which was Mattel's uh, home console but Lock and Chase, yeah, that was yeah, that, that also was on a television, but it's a license obviously. Unscramble the M network video game word jumble for fun and games. Oh, someone actually was, was uh writing down some stuff. Put answers here. It's a whole Oh, there's more word jumbles. <laughs> it's a whole contest. Anyway. Yeah, there's uh, lock and chase, wow on the Atari 2600. The old heavy sixer as they called it with the six buttons. It'll, well, there were two versions. There was the heavy sixer and the light sixer, then there was the four up for the Atari 2600 console. <laughs> look at this. It's amazing. And that here's t- talked about a magic. Here's their ads. They had these uh, video game nerds that looks they look all beat up and destroyed like this kid uh Gary Larson thought he had all the answers wasn't that, wait, wasn't that the guy that did the far side Gary Larson I don't know if the far side was a thing yet in uh, in that year let's see they just it's, I mean it could be a very common name uh, Gary Larson oh it's spelled differently no kitty this is my, those are my noodles I have to have my noodles in a moment noodles are not for kitties this is Lars, Gary Larson from uh, no it was going by then yeah Chronicle Features, 1980 to 1985, then Universal Press Syndicate, 1985 to 1996. This is the Far Side comic strip author is R L A R S O N. This Gary Larson, this fictional ad character is S E N. So it's like this computer nerd kid. His glasses are broken. He looks all upset because he's been trying to play Riddle of the Sphinx. Listen, I tried playing that game too. That game's impossible. I have no idea what to do in that game. That game you're walking through a desert and nothing ever happens. I would look like that, though. Gary had an IQ of 162. He never got anything less than an A on his report card. He was a whiz at chess. Then it happened. Gary plugged a Magic's Riddle of the Sphinx into his Atari video computer system. See, they weren't calling it 2600 back then. Not a single thing here says 2600. It was called VCS or video computer system. As Gary slowly, carefully made his way across Egypt's mysterious Valley of the Kings, he was attacked by rock-throwing thieves, plagued by scorpions, and tortured by thirst. Yet he went on. After passing the Sphinx, the Temple of Isis, the Great Pyramids, he reached the Temple of Ra, where he presented all of his treasures. Unfortunately, he did not have the correct offering. Ra was not satisfied. Gary had to go back and try again, and again, and again, and again. And again and again. It's this is what it says and again and again. Here you see Gary as he is total as he is today, a veggie, zonked out totally. This is a warning, and magic games are created by experts for for experts. Do not try to solve the riddle of the Sphinx if your IQ is equal to or less than your belt size. After all, a brain is a terrible thing to fry. <laughs> I don't know about that game. I'm telling you. This guy, that, do I have it on my uh, little handheld console here? I never figured this game out. I, 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 there must be something to it, but it just—it wasn't fun if you didn't—if you didn't really know what you were doing. It's very ambitious. It's very cool. Like you're wandering the desert, this and that. Do I have it on here? Let me see. I don't know. There's a very small subset here. No, it's not on here. River raid—that's a good one to have. Yeah. Anyway, you see it. You know what I'm saying. Riddle of the Sphinx. Does it, it make any sense? I don't know. Yeah. What else do we got here? That's why Atari is number one? <clears throat> I'm getting some real '82 vibes from this. Here's one of those companies that came and went, U.S. Games with Word Zapper, Towering Inferno, Commando Raid, Sneak and Peek, and Space Jockey. I think I had Space Jockey. A lot of these games come, like, 84 were being blown out for, like, a dollar each at uh, KB Toys at the mall because uh, it was a disaster. It was a retail disaster what happened in 83. <clears throat> Coleco Delivers with the ColecoVision. Vision. Wow. Computer art. <clears throat> Drugs in arcades. Oh, see, they're getting serious here. Why is Wall Street saying all those terrible things about video games? Only an analyst knows for sure. <laughs> what? <coughs> Who's saying terrible things about video games? What, they're saying, oh, it's just a fad. It's not going to last, please. Then there's Ken Houston. I remember he, he, they, they, he made a game, um, like a blackjack game for some system <coughs> Ken, Hust- Ken Houston's blackjack or something uh, yeah there's a whole article there's there's a, there's a tons of pictures there's a big feature article of this guy programming for dollars huh Yes, yeah, it's a pretty good magazine. There's a ton of these on. And this one is actually also on uh, this issue, if you want to find this on the Internet Archive. The Selling of Intellivision. Yeah, George Plimpton, the writer, was there. Uh, I guess they're interviewing him here. <laughs> wow. The Atari Anniversary Special. It's a great issue. i got to keep looking at this issue. There's tons of great stuff here. I'm telling you. Look on the back. Ballot bad for, uh, uh, an ad for Bally Midway, Games of Fame. And using that font, Quicksilver. Very cool font. Space Invaders, Galaxian, Gorf, Omega Race, Galaga, Pac Man, Ms. Pac Man, The Adventures of Robbie Roto, Solar Fox, and Tron. <coughs> So a lot of these are, are, are licensed, right? So like uh, Space Invaders is from Taito. Is GORF an original? I think GORF is an original for them. Galaxian, of course, is Namco, as is Galaga, as is Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Uh, Omega Race, what the hell's up with that game? That game never made a whole lot of sense. Robbie Roto, it's one of the, one of the few games you can guaranteed play for le- legally on your MAME as the author had the rights and, and gave it away, uh, not not a game anyone remembers or anyone is I don't think particularly fond of. <coughs> Maybe we should give Robbie Roto another chance. Solar Fox is a game I never saw in the arcades, but I had it on the uh, the VCS, and I <coughs> I love that game. It was a great game on the on the home console, and of course Tron, great version. And I actually had I actually bought a Tron arcade machine, and I had it at Mike's store back in the day, and then. Uh, <coughs> I sold it to him I think cuz I couldn't do anything with it. I didn't have any room. I was living in an apartment. What do you want me to do? My video game collecting of all sorts kind of ended. I didn't have enough space and I, and I and I'm too disorganized to have collect home video games. So, better to do it on emulation for me, I think. But anyway, I did decide to call this episode Video Game Connections as I think, it's self-evident why. So I was thinking, what show art do you use? I didn't get a picture of me and Mike. I should have uh, had someone take a picture of us together. But I, re- I realized I have this video from 2002 from Video Game Connections, um, which shows me and Mike talking lo- in much the same way that we were talking in his, previous, his, his new store. So here's the previous store. I chose this frame from the video. Um, as you can see in the show art here and, it, and the video camera it says 1186 because I didn't turn I should have turned the date off in the camcorder that I was using, but I didn't. It's not 86, it's 2002. Um, but yeah, there's the old store there's me on the left with uh, ponytail, beard, mustache, all sorts of stuff going on. It's a weird look for me I, I hardly recognize myself. And there's Mike sitting in front of his computer there. And, uh, yeah, that's the old store right across the street from where the new store is now. I thought that was a cool shot to sort of uh, span the ages. And uh, for the font, I chose uh, a version of the classic computer font, Gemini. Gemini. Which felt right. I tried some other fonts. I tried that font Yagi double link that we were talking about. I don't know. I forget if we were talking about it. I don't, at this point, I was there for so long. I don't remember what we were talking about on tape, what we weren't talking about on tape. <laughs> but this font uh, feels better. It, it has that sort of computer nerd vibe. And uh, I took a, a brown. So, like, the image is on the bottom and then is the top to take up the rest of the one-to-one aspect ratio since it's a four-to-three aspect ratio of the video screenshot. Um, I picked up the brown from the side of the desk there. And then I, I picked up a, a red from the exit sign. And those are the colors. So a lot of times, you know, it's cool to pick up colors from the image. So hopefully it's, it's self-evident. Anything any, anything else interesting uh, in the shot? Well, you can just sort of see the old store. The old store as it was. And this is, uh, I am going to be releasing the mo- the Video Game Connections movie at some point. I think once I get the next edition of the book done, I'm going to go back to Tape Land and kind of try to get some of the more major Tape Land stuff out, the Tapeland videos and other stuff. Right? But for now, I, I have to focus on the book. I've been even trying to get the book done. It's, uh, <coughs> I'd love to get it done before the end of the year at this point. The end of the year is coming up pretty soon. Listening to this album that Mike uh, mentioned... Uh, on his playlist, he's a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. In fact, I went to see Stone Temple Pilots with him back at some point in 90s slash 2000s at uh, Jones Beach in Long Island. And he had the song uh, Big Bang Baby playing. And I, and I and I mentioned to him, oh, I was just listening to talk show, coincidentally the other day, the uh, Stone Temple Pilots offshoot band. He's like, I'm like, it's really good. He's like, I know. I He, he agreed that it was good. I don't know if this was on tape or not. Uh, he said also, how about uh, Army of Anyone? I'm like, I don't know that one. He's like, well, another time when Scott Weiland wasn't available, they uh, hooked up with another singer, and they had another album, kind of like talk show. So I never heard of Army of Anyone. This looks like it's from 2006, though. Is that? Yeah. This is this is without the drummer, Kretz. But the DeLeo brothers are in this one. Was, this, this is, so Army of Anyone and uh, talk show are to Stone Temple Pilots what Arcadia and Power Station are to Duran Duran, let's say. In a way. The offshoot projects. This doesn't sound too bad. Is it really 2006, though? It doesn't sound like 2006, right? Sometimes the dates are wrong on the... uh... No, it is. It is 2006. Okay. All right. Hmm. One album, and that's it. Sounds pretty good, though. I, I think I'm, I'm going to dig this today, yeah. Obscure Stone Temple Pilot offshoot bands. Anyway, again, on the more mundane side of things, the madness of the mundane, as I actually, that's the phrase I use on the uh, cover of the book, right? We have these uh, Pyrex Bowls, Glass bowls with plastic lids that are very useful. Uh, You can put leftovers in them and stuff. Of course, they're not actually... I don't think they're actually made of Pyrex glass. I think that if you look on... It's like inspired by Pyrex. Yeah, apparently they started to like use cheaper glass but still use the name. Yes, that's the economic system we have. Degrade the product of the quality to make more money. And as an added bonus, if it's a piece of shit... It'll break sooner, and people will have to buy more. See, this is where it's all brought us. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we had some issues with the lids over the years. The lids crack, so my wife threw away one of the lids, and then we realized we needed a lot of. We needed to put away a lot of uh, leftovers, and we realized we only had one lid for two big bowls. <clears throat> so she or- apparently, I didn't know that she ordered some lids. Meanwhile, yesterday, unbeknownst to me, that she had ordered these lids. <coughs> um... I go in the cabinet because I made a huge amount of grits. I made like a mass amount of grits, you know, and I still have, have some leftovers of that in the other one. But I looked in the cabinet and the two glass of Hyrex bowls with the lids, one of them, there's this sharp glass shard in there. I mean, I could only imagine if I didn't see it and put food in there, and it, it, it could slice your insides open. I mean, it's terrible. So I examined it, and it looked like it just sort of broke off from the rim, this this shard. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I got rid of the shard, but I'm like, I don't know. Should I keep using this thing? I mean, kind of similar to the coffee maker. It's flawed now, but uh, I don't know. If it's if, if it has this tendency to shear off super sharp knife-like little shards of glass into the bowl, I think I'm going to throw that away. And meanwhile, at this later that same day, the replacement lids came for that bowl. Can you imagine? That is so weird. It's a lid issue. But now we're getting more bowls. Sort of like the gift of the magi. You know? <coughs> got you. Not exactly, but you know what I'm talking about. Didn't uh, Steve Martin have a parody of that in one of his books, like Cruel Shoes or something? Yeah. Didn't I used to have a copy of Cruel Shoes in the Overnightscape studio? Remember? Who gave that to me? Was it Matt Mason from college? I don't know. Anyway, what do you want? Lids, glass shards, all sorts of things. Here's a little update to that story from a recent episode. There was a seaweed-flavored vodka, and uh, I wanted to buy it, but, and, here's, and, and it was just way too expensive. Here's what I, I wrote the company called cask cartel which seems to be the only company selling it mail order here in the US I said wondering about your price of shanty seaweed botanical vodka you have it at 189..99 but I see it for sale in the UK for 38.99 pounds around 50 US dollars just curious why your price is so much higher I was not expecting to get a response I mean what the hell's up with this company it should it, it, it's worth fifty dollars and they're charging a 190 for it It sounds insane. And I I glanced at this, but I didn't really read it because it it went to my um, spam folder. Hello, Frank. We appreciate your interest and are more than happy to explain how our marketplace operates in the spirits industry. Think of us as similar to eBay or Amazon, where retailers list their products on our site to reach a wider audience and sell their items more quickly. Consequently... Whenever the word consequently is in an email, you know it's nothing good. <laughs> consequently, prices are determined by individual retailers, and we don't have control over them. Similar to an auction, our marketplace functions based on listing and selling fees when an item is sold. First of all, I had no idea. I went to that it looks like someone a company that's just selling stuff. It's not like a an, a an eBay or something. Do they make that do they make that clear at all? I mean, listen, they can do what they want. I, I I'm happy that they're explaining this to me, but like it just seems like an odd business, right? Cask Cartel, premium spirits. There's nothing. There's nothing on this page that says it's like an eBay and that they're selling. Different people are selling on here. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look like that at all. From this, from the main homepage, it's, so that seems a bit weird. All right, what else do they say? Now, listen. This is it. Should be. 50 and i know it probably should be more for the import fees whatever but it if it was like 80 i'd be like oh wow yeah but it's 190 are they insane well we can't offer price matching or case discounts due to the nature of our marketplace we want to ensure your satisfaction therefore we're pleased to provide you with two discount codes for future purchases <laughs> So I could get uh, $25 off a future order of 150 or more. Yeah, even getting 25 off that is not even bringing it close to where it should be. And another one for $5 off a future order of any amount. Yeah, that's not going to really help. Regarding shipping, it's important to note that shipping alcohol requires a special license and adult signature, making it approximately 35% more expensive than shipping regular packages. However, the cost per bottle decreases when you order multiple items. So the more bottles you add to your order, the lower the overall shipping cost per bottle will be. Additionally, we frequently run free shipping promotions, so make sure to sign up for email notifications to stay informed. We hope this clarifies how our marketplace works and how pricing is offered and set. If you have any further questions or assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out. Best regards, Kayla. (laughs) So, like... I asked the question, "Why is your price so much higher?" So they're just saying, "Well, someone that signed up for our site is selling it that much higher." Maybe I'll write back to them. Yeah, or maybe I won't. All right, I did. I did write back, kind of, the is a public- kind of wanting to see like what's behind this high price, but. Then I see this video from three years ago. Do not buy whiskey from Cas Cartel.
6: The following is a public service announcement to all my fellow whiskey tubers and my fellow whiskey collectors, enthusiasts, and anyone who purchases whiskey or any...
0: So, so whiskey tubers are people that make YouTube videos about whiskey? Are you a whiskey tuber?
6: Yeah, they're alcoholic beverage online.
0: Do not buy whiskey from Cas Cartel. Uh-oh. What is going? I, I didn't even realize.
6: June uh, 2020, as I was wrapping up my uh, series on,
0: it's going to be long-winded.
6: Repeated, uh, Scotch whiskies. I wanted to buy a bottle of the Bonavent Moyne uh, Isla single malt Scotch whiskey. Isla, see so yeah, I've been pronouncing I it online right. Online for a uh, retailer, and came across a bottle was available through Cass Cartel. So on June 8th, I ordered. The Bunuhaven Moin Ida Single Malt Scotch Whiskey from Cass Cartel and immediately received uh, an automated notice uh, that my order had been received. The following day, on June 9th, I received a confirmation of my order. Now, typically you make an order, it's going to take a few weeks for it to get processed and to finally receive it. So on June 20th, I received a package. However, I received the wrong item. What came was a Bunuhaven. Twick aga, however you want to pronounce that, uh, Isla Sigamalt Scotch Whiskey. I immediately called to notify the seller, Cas Cartel, uh, that I had received the wrong item. I spent an hour online waiting.
0: Okay, so, yeah, let's just forget about this place. Yeah. Here's someone that posted a year ago Is Cas Cartel a drug front or something? Uh, I wonder why they're saying that. Let's see. Hmm. There is a significant misconception as to what Cass Cartel or Flevia are as companies. Both are marketing companies, not retail liquor stores. Get out of here. All right, I'm going to just, I'm done with this. No more Cast Cartel crap. (laughs) Trustpilot, 75% one-star reviews. Prices are extremely high. $400 for a $30 bottle of Rosé, really? So it's not just me. Outrageous prices and and shipping. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is, uh, I'm sorry I ever saw that site I'll get my seaweed vodka from somewhere. I I I'd probably it would probably be cheaper to hop on a plane and go over to London, England, and get it. Damn it! What's wrong with these people? Better Business Bureau. <laughs> they have F. They got an F on the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> Jesus. All these complaints. Yikes! All right, whatever. Yeah. Whew. So that time period I was talking about, the late seventies through the early eighties, um, up until inauguration day in January of nineteen eighty-one, the president of the United States was Jimmy Carter, right? He was elected in seventy-six, took office in seventy-seven. So Carter was the president during the uh, really uh, significant portion of the classic age of the golden age of video games of you know seventy-eight to eighty-two. That's just my my numbers, but I think pretty much right it was the height of arcades and by 83 84 it was starting to cool down so obviously reagan took over as president in january of 81 as i mentioned but carter is still alive president carter is 99 years old and still alive though i know he's in hospice care uh just the other day his wife Rosalind carter died she was age 96 and uh, former First Lady Rosalind Carter dead at 96. And uh, I didn't remember too much about her. I mean, she was sort of there and the daughter, Amy Carter. Um, but you didn't really hear too much about her. She wasn't sort of like a, Hil- a Hillary Clinton that was – there was so much news and publicity about. She was sort of – I believe she was sort of more in the background. Though Jimmy Carter said she was basically a partner with him in everything that he did. Um. I wonder if the impression we get of the Carters is they are actually good people, unlike most of these political families. Uh, is it true? I don't know. I have a hard time to believe anyone that could get to that level of power is squeaky clean. But uh, certainly the in terms of allegations, I think the most allegations, which you might call conspiracy theories, were against the Clintons and sort of accused them of being gangster sorts of some level, but. Anyway, rest in peace, Rosalind Carter. I didn't really I thought it was Rosalyn. It's not, it's R O S A L Y N N. Rosalyn, not Rosalyn. There's an A in there. Yes. But how about Amy Carter? What's up with her? She also never kinda What is she? Oh wow, I, I, I'm sure I ran across this before, but she's almost exactly the same age as me. She was born a week or two after I was born. In fact, she was born, yeah, uh, 16 days after I was born. So it was two weeks later. So I was born, and then two weeks later, Amy Carter was born. There she is. She's 56, just like me. But she didn't uh, pursue, like, becoming a politician or anything. <coughs> Amy Carter illustrated the little baby fleeger, her father's book for children, published in 1995. What is this? <laughs> the Little Baby Snuggle <laughs> That Sounds like a good book, illustrated by Amy Carter, please. Uh Since the late 1990s, Carter has maintained a low profile, neither participating in public protests nor granting interviews. Oh. Wow. So, yeah. I know I know they kind of gave her a hard time when she was at the White House and Carter did not receive the hands off treatment that most of the media later afforded to Chelsea Clinton. Hmm. Yeah. What about this fleeger <laughs> Let's see. Is this book still available? The little is she a good she a good artist? I mean the little baby Fleeger. <laughs> what the hell? Uh What the hell font are they using there? Is that a Emigray uh, Matrix Extended or something? Any reviews of the book? Someone re- received it not in good condition, no dust jacket. Ooh. If you're famous, they'll publish anything you write. This is Tom reviewing it in 2015, giving it 2 out of 5 stars. The reviews written here remind me of another story, The Emperor's New Clothes. There is nothing good here, but it it was written by a former president. This is actually a rather depressing story and not very well written either. Overall, it's pretty awful. By the way, hasn't the word cripple, used several times, become rather unacceptable by today's standards? Wow, they they use the word "cripple" instead of "handicapped." Jeez, what's wrong with these people? (laughs) People are angry about this book. The little baby (laughs) snooglyflija. Yes, (laughs) great, great stuff. I only see the cover. I don't know if the cover is by Amy Carter. It looks all right. His art is fine. What do you want? Listen, her mother just died. What do you want? It's very sad. Hey, it's a bit later on now. As I mentioned uh, earlier, when I was in the parking lot of the uh, was Judy Bloom rest area there, service area I think they call it. I want to try to figure out like what did she write? I I kind <clears> of <throat> I'm just sort of drawing a blank. I I, I know that I knew something about her. Um, hmm. children's books young adult oh are you there god it's me margaret okay that one i've heard the title of then again maybe i won't which i think the uh replacements the band replacements use that as a title for their albums uh mm, yeah the, i don't recognize any of the other ones i do the book wifey though somehow i think my parents were reading that or something someone was reading it A book for adults, Wifey, from 1978. And then the children's books, um, Freckle Juice, 1978, Super Fudge, 1980, slightly rings a bell. And look, Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret, was released as a feature film in 2023. Jeez, that's this year. Wow. Uh. Hmm at least in April. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so de- the whole Judy Bloom situation, whatever. Anyway, I mentioned that <coughs> um, there was this uh, TV show that I reviewed in 1994 in Osoa Week. So it's it's uh, interesting that before The Overnightscape, I had this other project called Obliviana and where I had this uh, text text magazine this easy and i called it electronic magazine that ran from uh, 1994 to 2003 all in text and uh it's really wild for me to revisit it because I, I i mean i was in a very strange state of mind but putting together that magazine with the same kind of dedication i have now for uh, the overnightscape and onsub radio um so there's a lot of interesting stuff in there especially the reviews I did are very interesting it's very uh even though my writing style was a bit different than I have now uh it's weird for me go, to go back to this but this is uh a Week issue uh, 3 actually from August 11th 1994 can you imagine what a long time ago and I these in 94 I put up on um I released them on AOL America Online had a section for e-zines or something like that and I I remember releasing them there on America Online that's so bizarre and then also there was a <clears throat> a local BBS system that somehow I I connected to I don't really remember much about it or I wasn't really that involved with it but it was called like the magical cauldron or something I'm sure it's written in one of these issues here for the first year I was I would release it there And it was very interesting. And of course, this was after, uh, in the 80s, I had mini-comics, right? I would produce uh, (coughs) on photocopies uh, mini-comic books and various other publications. And then, of course, we did the Anything But Monday magazine, nationally distributed. Then afterwards, I did a few more experimental magazines, such as uh, Red Alley Earth, Fovey, and a few others that were in a in a photocopied format um, right on the earth was like <laughs> was photocopied on 11 by 17 then folded vertically and then wrapped like wrapped up tightly and then there was yarn involved it was this whole thing i still have a bunch of those issues and then i when it became feasible i switched to this text-based system it was sort of like i was following the technology wherever it would lead me um, with the first, with the photocopies, and then with the internet, and finally when audio was more doable in digital, which was not till many years later than that, um, I did start my yeah I started my bluffcosm.com internet radio station in 2000, and it was barely technically feasible at that point, um, but I did start anyway. What I find interesting is this is so long ago now, August of, of 1994, so this is uh, 29 years ago. Um, what happened with this particular one is I, uh, <coughs> uh, as an experiment, a couple of years ago, I took this uh, review section here, the, what I called Hemi Sinister Review, and I had the computer voice read it, and I, I played it on the other side a few times. This is kind of an experiment so I did play that one recently on the other side and uh, I was listening to it and one th- thing really uh, stood out to me which was this one TV show called Queens that I described and this is a section for cable television where I review absolutely fabulous Queens, Howard Stern on E, uh, News Weasels on E, and Instant Justice on Court TV. So when I listened to it, I heard my review. So, absolutely fabulous. Of course, I remember that show. Joanna Lumley and what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Saunders, right? Um, Howard Stern on E! Of course, I remember that very well. Newsweasels on E! Of course, I've been rather obsessed with that show and did uh, have quite a few breakthroughs the other year. I uh, I bought a uh, press photo from the show. I also found a full episode that I had recorded on this ultra-obscure show, Newsweasels. Instant Justice on Court TV, I don't really remember this one. This is, I, I said, just like the People's Court, except it's in real small claims court. Why such petty bickering is so engrossing, I can't say, but it sure is. The real judges aren't Wapners, and the, ho- the hosts are poor excuses for a Llewellyn, and Rusty is nowhere to be found, but the reality of it makes, reality of it all makes up. Reality of it all, of it all makes up. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. I was comparing it to the People's Court, assuming people knew who Judge Wapner uh, was. Was that guy's name Llewellyn? Doug Llewellyn was the host, and then uh, Rusty the Bailiff. Most people wouldn't know that anymore. Um, for those of you, it was like the Judge Judy of its day was the People's Court with Judge Wapner. And what's that movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman? Rain Man, where he's, like, obsessed with Judge Wapner. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. Remember that movie, Rain Man? Sort of, kind of, no. Uh, So I don't don't remember Instant Justice at all, but it doesn't seem very memorable. But then this show, the, the main reason I'm talking about this is because I heard the computer voice read my review of Queens on Lifetime. This is what I wrote. Imagine a female Uncle Floyd combined with Larry King, and you'll begin to understand this rather excellent program. Charismatic hostess covers a wide array of topics with guests and call-ins, and the whole shebang purrs with the hum of the promise of modern TV realized. Watch. I don't know. I don't know what that My writing style there was a little bit em- embellished, but um, I have no, I've had no memory of this whatsoever. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. Right. Until I researched it. Queens on Lifetime. I realized that I... Obviously, if I wrote this, it must have made some kind of impression on me in 1994. I really must have liked it. But it goes to show that in 29 years, I don't think I would have... This show didn't cross my mind again. I think that you have to... It has to cross your mind every so often to re-remember it. I have zero memory of this show. It's completely gone, which is really scary because because I've made so many recordings of my thoughts in text and in audio, it, it does point out to me how much stuff I'm forgetting because normally you wouldn't know that you forgot it because you forgot it, right? Memories fade over time. Uh, this was really quite amazing. So I found an episode of this show that is on online. And even watching the episode, it did not trigger any memories. It did not help at all. I don't remember it. It's a good show. It's a good show, but I did did not it did not stir any memory so i guess the the issue is that um something would i have, this is my question like 10 years ago which would have been what 2013 would i have been able to remember it then or 20 years ago <laughs> 2003 would i have been able to remember it then that's the question i i would have no way of gauging when it all faded away um so, I I found it. I found there there's one full episode online if I can find it here that uh Yeah, an episode of Queens. It's called Queens and it is it, I think it originally was called Live from Queens. Um This is like a 10-minute thir- a clip from this episode. Uh and the host uh, the hosts are Sissy Biggers and Susan Corn I guess Sissy Biggers is the uh the main host and Susan Corn is like the sidekick and uh yeah it's it's very 90s I really love it cuz it's like super it feels like super 1994 and uh Stephen Banks is someone that I had no idea who this was I don't know if I ever ran into Stephen Banks but he's promoting his show on on their show and there's a certain thing that was going on back then. Like Howard Stern especially would talk about his career and his successes. And somehow, as a third party listener to these conversations, there's something very compelling about hearing people talk about, you know, their career and being being a bit tongue-in-cheek about uh you know, my TV show's doing great, Rob, and you know, like uh it's hard to describe, but they kind of do, the, do it on this show as well. There's a certain a, uh, a tone to the banter on this show that I find uh, fascinating. Now, Stephen Banks is someone I think I, I would be interested in as well, and I started to go down the Stephen Banks rabbit hole as well. But He, I think, is super—these th- people who are all a super obscure. Sissy biggers. Anyway, let's check this out. Let's uh, check out this show and it's it's in this studio it was live it was live it was from lifetime television in queens and uh, i guess i used to watch it i don't i i i mean it feels weird i'm just sort of like researching myself so much uh, is lost and it really is kind of a fascinating thing how uh, each of us at any given moment is kind of um made from our previous experiences but a lot of those experiences are gone much in the same way that our dreams the memory of most dreams actually fade away as well and what you can retain is a little bit towards the end of each dream sometimes sometimes i wake up and i just try and remember and it's all fading away but right it the sense that we do have some handle on what happened in the past It is this idea of constantly forgetting, which I think is very normal. I mean, there are some people with photographic memories, but those that don't, memories fade. But completely fading like this, with no, like this didn't trigger any any memory is very strange. But it was perhaps more common than we'd like to think. All right, here we go. Let's check this out. Queens, July 1994.
7: Next on Queens, comedian Stephen Banks. Hold on. Next on Queens, comedian Stephen Banks. And surviving your first year of marriage. And the answer to the burning question, what does Susan Corn, Cindy Lauper, and Donald Trump have in common? We'll answer that. Stay tuned.
0: And they're putting uh, tons of whipped cream on wedding decorations and a big pile of, looks like those uh, Hostess cupcakes. Oh, the
3: cream's coming all over him. Perfect.
4: Live on the air from Queens So I locked him out of the house in his underwear I don't think it's illegal If you can't cook it, I'm not gonna eat it When I see mashed potatoes, something comes oh, over me my... Do not buy your wife's Yep. Yeah. A push-up bra for her mother-in-law
0: See, the, the logo has uh, the two lowercase e's in Queens The second one is mirrored, so it's facing the other So it's like two people talking
1: we're live in Queens from the lovely Lifetime Studios, just three subway stops from Manhattan. They're the Queens. Forest Biggers, and Susan Corn.
4: We're here.
0: So there they are. There they are in their in their studio. So sort of reminiscent of newsweasels. They have like their studio space where they broadcast from. Each of them has a microphone, so it looks almost like a radio studio. It has that sound baffling stuff in the on the walls a little bit.
7: Hi. I'm Susan. I'm Sissy. He said this is my I good like side. this chair. He said...
0: There's like a jump cut there. I don't know if that was just wherever this tape comes from. I don't know.
7: This is my good side. But what's my good side? Over here. When we come back, Stephen, Stephen Comedian Banks. Is this is my
4: good side. Or this
7: Comedian good side? Stephen Banks is going to be here. He's got to put up with an awful lot of hijinks. We're going to talk about marriage, right, Sue? Surviving your first year of marriage. And I don't want to stand up because there's going to be a a wedding with me—a wedding cake segment. (laughs) So please stay with us, and who knows what shenanigans will ensue. Ah, back in my seat, I feel so much more comfortable. Look what you've done to my chair. I'm so slick on the phone. Are you? Yeah. Sue. What? We gotta go. Well, you know, we were gonna read horoscopes. We're out of
4: time.
8: Oh, and I good. Know you're
7: really bummed.
4: Yeah, I'm real bummed. I couldn't have read that before I got out here. These horoscopes, but you know who's gonna be here? Stephen Banks, and he's here to serenade us. He's a comedian, a singer. Steven?
9: How the heck are you?
0: So yeah, I mean, how would you compare this to sort of your regular, you know, daytime talk show kind of thing? It, it just sort of seems that it has that more candid, more, um, what would you say, Con- conversational. Yeah, it's weird because it is very similar to any number of day- daytime talk shows, but it's has this other kind of vibe going on. It's hard to put into words. I think you know what I'm talking about, though.
3: I
9: said good afternoon.
0: How the heck are you? And then this guy, Stephen Banks, I was reading some articles about him. People saying he should have been much more famous than he was, you should have heard of him and he just uh, he actually turned he eventually became a writer on lots of cartoons like SpongeBob Square, SquarePants and stuff. And uh, so he has a successful writing career, but his uh, stardom as a TV show uh star, TV star never really happened. Though he was on Showtime, he was on PBS as they're going to talk about here. Then he was also this mime character that I never heard of either. Interesting stuff. This
9: is not my show. My show's on PBS, produced by Brandon Tartikoff, and it's on. you got to choke your luck listing because...
0: I wonder if I was watching this particular episode. <laughs> I may have been.
9: Uh, it doesn't really come on at the exact same time uh, in each place, because it's totally up to the individual station uh, that wants to do it. But uh, mostly it's on Monday nights, but uh, it's going to be on, actually, 17th in, in Los Angeles, but uh, it's on. It's really funny, and you'll like it. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. He's
0: okay. in, like, a little recording yes. booth area. Yes. Commercial break. Oh, this, this is interesting. This is like, I guess, during the break, they filmed it in fast motion. I wanted to like try to like slow this down and hear what they were saying. In the last commercial break. It's kind of similar to my, remember my feature on FMU, the uh, 10 minutes ago in the stairwell? That was a good one. The, the gag is that they have all these like fist fights in between them, you know, the, while the commercial breaks.
4: Uh, Scott Davis is such a nice guy. I he never is. do anything. Very, very him. sweet. I really like him, and I'm enjoying the show so much what with did him he producing say his, his lawyer's name was? His lawyer's name. I told you me to go
6: for no me. black on TV. <laughs>
4: oh, all we need are more close-ups <laughs> of Sissy's boobs, okay? Let's just cut it out, right? Somebody's now. got to do it. There was, Susan, introduce Steven. Steven Banks is here, who is a comedian. He thinks we're so funny, and he has a show on PBS. which that is, is Which is sort of neat having a show on public bro- broadcasting system because...
0: And I was watching the episode that they watched because uh, that episode is actually online. Most of them are not. Interesting show. We'll, we'll get to that. They're, they're going to describe it a bit.
4: You never know if you're wacky...
0: As I I always go back to this time period ninety three ninety four is like it sort of feels like there this is actually historically speaking I think the reason why this time period is so significant is it's right before the time of the internet right and again there's you can't really put a hard and fast date but I know in ninety four was a year when a lot of people started getting on the World Wide Web right from those places like AOL Compuserve and Genie all of those individual services, they started getting on the World Wide Web. And then in in 95, I think, was the big explosion of people getting on the Internet. So 93 and 94 are sort of the tail end of that, the end of that time period. There's something very interesting about, um, in this case, pop culture, from right before there's a huge sea change, right? Um, I know that uh, in another field in the term of painting, you know, fine art painting, there's a lot of websites that talk about this artist bougereau who Adolphe bougereau I think that's his name who was sort of who had reached sort of the height of realistic painting before that entire field was discredited and modern art was then becoming became the the norm and they sort of looked down on realistic art but he was able the techniques had continued to advance up until this point and then they crashed out and then a new thing took over um also i would say that I've talked a lot about uh, pra- pr- the practical effects. That There's one particular video you can see. Um, HBO, at some point in the 80s, created this, uh, you know, the, their, their station identification where you're in this room and then it pans out and you fly through this city and then you go into outer space and there's an HBO satellite up there. That was all done with practical effects. They built an entire uh, city model and they had the computer-controlled con- c- computer cameras moving through it. That was the tail. That was towards the end of doing that kind of thing using practical effects rather than computer graphics. So in a way, this 94 represents a, our culture b- before the Internet starts changing everything. These are, I'm just sketching out some ideas here.
4: Your neighbor is going to be Pavarotti or Big Bird.
0: I'm in the show, I am the wacky neighbor.
4: So. You are. I am How do you get a show on PBS? This is the first, isn't
9: it? Uh, it's the first time we've done what is referred to as a technically a domestic half-hour comedy series. PBS doesn't like to call it a sitcom. Oh why? Because sitcom is like this, you know, low genre. It's like you know, it goes like sitcoms, talk shows. <gasps> Can't
7: so, they
9: call just... it masterpiece sitcom? They could call it masterpiece. I mean, that sitcom. would be all right. It's,
7: what's
9: the show called? It's called, oddly enough, the
7: Stephen Bank Show. <gasps> Can you yeah, believe
4: it? Did you think of that?
9: No, actually, I wanted to call it some, something else.
4: Well, if, that's any, if that's any indication. <laughs> that is just great. You are a talent in Thank the you. making. What's the show about?
9: The <laughs> show is about three minutes each week, mm-hmm. and that's the worst joke ever. What times it on? Uh, it's on many different times. Check your local listings. Okay, because this is just a plug-fest here. it's so PBS. It's a
0: So they apparently made 13 episodes and then promptly canceled the Stephen Banks show. <laughs> didn't do too well, apparently. I didn't know there was that actually a sitcom on, on PBS. If you want to call it that.
7: In television, you know how we use... That would be us. Can I hold your hand? On, would you? television, you know how we in television... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Susan. That's quite all right. Use other shows to describe other shows? Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
9: Describe your show, Steven. Um, the show is kind of like... Uh, uh, well, it's a little bit of... Thank you, Can, you, so. can I hold your hand? No. Uh, no the don't, show don't is... The uh, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Well, sort of like. Uh, yeah. Well, in in a way, I don't like to compare. It's like but, nothing ever seen in history. Oh, okay. really? It's, you know, we
4: saw a, a
7: bit of it. We thought it was really. It's very, very charming, cute. and we have a clip. Cute. It was very yeah. cute. Let's, yeah. cute. Let's yeah. show the clip so everybody else can cute. see it. It Let's is. Let's take cute. a look at a clip. Damn of
9: the cute. The Stephen Bank Show. So, Beatles, how'd you find America? We turned left at Green. Left.
0: So he's sitting at a desk, and he has little dolls of the Beatles and other little dolls, and he's sort of doing this impromptu little performance. And I think he had this show called Entertainment Center that had this kind of stuff. I, I haven't delved that deep into the Stephen Banks world, but, of course, as I'm a Beatles maniac myself, so let's see what he's doing.
3: And
9: now, here they are on our stage. It's a little gorilla
0: doll, is, uh, Ed Sullivan. <laughs> he's throwing little marbles at them.
9: Hey, let's make a movie. It's been a hard day. Let's make another one help this one wasn't as good as the first one I agree one. no but it will
8: set the standards for rock videos forever and it's in color
0: yes of,
7: this episode is so charming a lot of it is, is your psyche in the 60s and Davy Jones and all wonderful Peter Tork Peter Mark Tork is on occupation. he's on your show on my show is this is it a lot of the show about Peter from uh, Your upbringing as a child of the '60s
9: and '70s? Yeah, I'm sort of obsessed with pop culture and all that stuff. And so there's also Peter Tork, Peter Lupus, just people named Peter. Uh,
0: Interesting. He has it, it's that sort of pop culture obsession that I have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we all do.
9: Oh, Penn & Teller? Gosh, there are a lot of peas. Only peas. Yikes. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of a lot of music. Uh, different from usual shows, It's uh, I play a lot of instruments, and so there's a lot of music. The
0: world was not ready for the Stephen Banks show, I guess.
9: And songs within the show. How can you get
0: canceled on PBS? What is, it, is it still ratings, or what is it? I don't
9: show, know. routines, that thing called, which is sort of tabletop theater where we do, you
0: know, strange things.
9: Do you write all the material for the show?
0: Because um, didn't Rich Hall do something like that? He did a tabletop theater kind of thing. He had a little all these little dolls, and he called it Pitkinville. And I think he did it on David Letterman's daytime show in 1980. Obscure television. I love it.
9: Yes. No, I'm lying. No, no, I'm lying. I was a head writer just because. Somebody had to somebody be. Somebody had to be. Uh, no, there are four other writers. In we addition have no writers on this show. Really? You're kidding
3: me. No, no. Why? Really? Did it's you think we
7: did? No writers at all? None. None at all. Not wow.
3: one. Can I okay. hold their hands?
7: Yeah. <laughs> yes, you may. They're all yours. So it's it's a lot about what's in your mind, and, and, but there are characters around you. For instance, I was really intrigued by, would it be um, a superintendent or a neighbor who's just hands? Do we ever see uh, her? Oh, no, that's
9: Lupe, the UPS woman. Lupe, Lupe, oh, Lupe, Lupe, Lupe yeah. hey,
0: Steven. A little bit of uh, analog uh, interference there. You used to hear that on TV. You don't hear it anymore. A little, right? I love that sound.
9: Yeah, that's Lupe the UPS woman. Lupe, Lupe, oh, Lupe, Lupe. Lupe, 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 Lupe. Nice. And that's a blatant rip-off of Soupy Sales show. But it was wonderful. She was
0: so... Soupy Sales reference. Nice. So
9: expressive. Yeah, Teresa Parente is the actress. And, and I only have PBS, we can only afford two, to hire two actors. Literally, the truth. No joke. Really? And so we hired them, Michael Kostroff and Teresa Parente. And they play all the other parts. She plays my mother, yeah. my, my the girlfriend, the sister, what, and anybody else What you should do is up. let
4: them plug something and they'll come for free. Like we do here. Yes, you can work a plug bit into the you show. You know, if they can plug their life, their grandmother, something going on that they'd like to sell, they'll mm-hmm. come for free. Excellent.
9: What
7: does Stephen Banks do as a career on this show? I, I, that wasn't established in what I it saw. It never is. It's
9: a mystery. It's Wait, like Ozzy Nelson.
7: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but you, you don't never have know. Patches on, Nelson, your, on your sleeve.
0: Ozzie and Harriet. Yeah, I'd never watched that really.
7: But he makes his rent. You're able to pay your rent. I look this
0: guy. He, he's a lot older than me. I think he was born in '54. Yeah.
9: Occasionally. Hmm.
0: Sometimes.
4: and when he wasn't listening to his answering machine, somebody was reminding him that they were going to pay his rent. So I was a little confused. I mean, is, is some people just reminding him because he doesn't pay his rent.
7: No,
9: I was reminding myself. Oh, that was me. Okay. Hi, Stephen. This is Which Steve. Which is very oh, okay. interesting.
7: We were doing some phone etiquette earlier. Yes. And we have
9: a show called Phone Etiquette. You? Who does? We do. That's one Penn and Teller are on. Oh, really? You're kidding? Yeah. See, we're one on of us. something once again.
0: Penn and Teller. They were around. They were everywhere back then.
9: It isn't Even more than you're now,
7: leaving yourself messages on your machine here, so that's a very good tip for phone etiquette. Yes,
4: you can leave. Uh, you can leave messages.
7: Stephen, you're we'll going to sing that. us a song.
9: I do that. Am I? Yes, Could you? you? Are. Really stood
4: up and, and make stand? it really funny. Ah, okay. There's no pressure at all, Stephen. We're going to go sit on the couch. Do you mind if we cross? And we're going to pretend well, this is an infirmary. I
0: guess the only reason we're able to see this is someone must have recorded it on their videotape recorder and uploaded it to YouTube. Otherwise, uh, I don't think this is available anywhere, honestly. Sure.
9: You know, like they could buy the album of these songs? On
0: and they, he did release an album of all the songs from the show called the Stephen Banks Show album or something.
9: First you get the lighter Fluid and a match. Here we go to everybody you stand back I said well first it did light Now we won't go out Now the smoke is getting thicker. And then bugs are coming out at the barbecue, at the barbecue, at miles. Mm.
0: See, sometimes people like this who are like really multi-talented have trouble kind of like finding success. Sort of brings to mind um, Mike Mike Jitlaw of The the Wizard of Speed and Time. He was just so talented in so many ways, but he sort of struggled to find success. I guess maybe to be successful, you just have to sort of be good at doing one thing and kind of just focus on that. <coughs> I'm focusing on one thing, sort of. But listen, I, this show is successful for what it is, okay? Let's go back to these people from 1994. I, I feel, considering the kind of work I was doing in 94, that text zine kind of thing, compared to what I'm doing now, I feel like I've, I've come a long way personally speaking.
9: Take it, Steve. Me? Okay. Dad's gonna barbecue outside at night. Doesn't like to do it cause he never gets it right. I said now uncle wants a medium. So it's a
0: song about a family barbecue.
9: Well done, the baby doesn't care at the B A R Hyphen B Hyphen Q U E. I can sing low.
0: Interesting guy, you know, very interesting. I guess the sort of sense that. If you have talent, like, the entertainment corporate world will embrace you. But that's not necessarily the case. Is this it? Just him singing? Is there any more of Susan Korn and Sissy? All right, they're coming back. Yeah, just another minute. Yeah.
9: With your straw and don't talk with your mouth full of food and please don't go, uh, because it's extremely
0: rude at the barbecue. Susan Korn is dancing with a camera guy. At my house. Ladies and this, uh, <clears throat> this has uh, some. There's a thing that I'm. I would love to be able to um, put into, like, really understand it or name the phenomenon. But, for example, um, on MTV right the sets that they had when in the early days of them being vjs right it it was kind of like this new kind of vibe You're your video jock and you're you have this these these sets i'm trying to remember the specifics but and then especially my research into much music which was the canadian mtv they had very cramped quarters but they used it in a way talking about the space the space became part of the story of of the broadcasts right the very limited space and you, it would get you would get a sense of, of place and then one that i'm so fascinated with is the comedy channel and I've, I've gone down this road in the show a few times where it was in new york city and they had it was early 90s probably right around this time and they had all these shows in this one space in this one studio basically and each show had its own little sub stage in the in this, in this space and you could sort of walk between them really fascinating stuff there's something about that and then in later years there was a, a an internet channel called Mania TV that for a time had something like that they had an old in a studio they had an old school bus and they were broadcasting live it was sort of like a revamped new kind of MTV thing that didn't last too long and then it changed into something else Tom Green had a show on there called Tom Green's House Tonight, which was broadcast from his house, which is a bit of a different, similar vibe. But the idea that there's this place that you're broadcasting from, and there's a bit of an informal vibe to it. I, I, there's, a, there's a thread connecting all these things. I just can't really pin it down at this moment, but there's something very interesting uh, to me about all that. And this, this uh, show, Queens, kind of dovetails with all of that. But I'm annoyed that I've lost all memory of my n- initial viewing of this show.
9: On Friday's cooking. show, All My Children's Fixing.
0: Sarah Michelle Geller, wow, I guess this is before We're Buffy the Vampire Slayer. At the at the yeah. mm-hmm. What do you want to ask the cake designer? You can call in. That's it. That's it for that. So that's, I, I, I think there's, I think there's a few more clips from Queens, but not much. Uh, let me see if I can find what I, what I saved here. And I don't know how long this show even went.
7: Next uh, on Queens, can we-
0: Yeah, here's uh, Queen, Sissy and Susan, Lulu's Day Off, 1994. This is another, this is one of the very few clips that they have of this show
4: and Stephen Banks. Surviving your first
0: year of marriage. Alright, so this is more of that same episode, but a different part of that same episode.
7: And what does Cindy Lopper, Donald Trump, and Susan Korn have in common?
4: They're all rich and famous? Well that's one thing. And attractive. Okay. <laughs> We're here. We're live? It's Queens. Hi.
7: I'm Susan. I'm Sissy. We've got kind of the silent rap thing going in our
4: heads wish you can enjoy it with us we're so weirded out because our executive producer lulu is not here today so scott davis the coordinating producer he's taken over so we can do
3: anything he is.
4: <laughs> like this coffee yeah i could sport on sissy if i wanted to yeah you know i wouldn't you could god that'd be funny what else you got planned to? <laughs> well you know it was so funny because scott davis came over to me before and he went Look, I'm not going to get that many chances that this will. So would you just play it straight? He was nervous. Sweating, wasn't he, sis? Was that sweat? It was just sweat coming Ew. down his face. It was a little scary. Well, you know,
7: I understand. Some big shoes of Lulu's to fill. It, well, so Lulu does have big shoes. That's true. <laughs> that's true. She and does? that's the worst thing we're going to say about her in her actions love today. loved love that woman, and I would
4: def- never...
0: I have to think that they were definitely influenced by Howard Stern in this in this. <laughs> the format of this show.
4: Never impersonate her under any circumstances. But it is a little bit like having a substitute teacher. Is it, it is. Not? Well, you know, I saw I saw Octavia throw an eraser at Scott's head, which I thought was really
3: over Way the top. T-
4: you know, Susan. You know how Lulu likes us to have our chairs.
7: Like I sit here. Oh, and yeah. You sit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's change places. Oh, all right. First order of business is the hosts are going to change oh, positions. Oh, Sissy, this is so high. How do you sit God, on this? This chair is so low. I look like a I little feel person. I like am on a high chair. Okay. Now, let me see what it's like over here. Wow, Sue. It's a whole different view of the world from over here. Up for the chair. Mark, let me see what Susan's close-up looks like.
4: Where the, is that? Oh. No, this is Sissy's close-up. <gasps> Wait a minute. Look, Sissy, in your close-up, There are rodent's.
0: There's a there's You're a mouse up. in a in a little uh, the
4: mice
7: fish
0: tank that thing.
4: So, you have mice fornicating on top of your head
0: Susan, during the whole show. I'm glad
7: you pointed that out, Rob. Strike the mice immediately. Oh. What was that noise? What is that? The fact machine. No, sissy.
4: It's, it's your stupid cell phone. Oh, was my cellular phone? You shouldn't
7: have them call you on the Excuse show. Me, would you? Look at this bag. Sissy biggers.
0: <laughs> Pretty giant cell phone. Wow.
7: It's my agent. Oh. Oh, okay, David. If if you think so, anything okay. he says, anything David says, he's from CAA. What did he say? he wants to switch chairs. He Says we look better. This is my. I good like side. this chair. No, he said this is my. I good like side. this chair. He said that this is my good sign. But what's my good side? Over here. When we come back, Stephen, yeah? Stephen, comedian Banks. This is my good side. Oh, we heard this part already. Stephen Banks is going to be here.
0: Weird how they sort of split this up into multiple parts.
7: We're going to talk about marriage, right, Sue? Surviving your first year of marriage. And And I don't want to stand up because there's going to be a wedding wedding cake segment. So please stay with us, and who knows what shenanigans will ensue. Ah, back in my seat, I feel so much more comfortable. Look what you've done to my chair. Everybody, tune in. Okay, tune in here. Who's that? Two (laughs) queens. Thank you, Lulu. That's Lulu. Susan will be right back. She was just in the bathroom, but she really... Oh, she was pretending so to be Lulu? Mail herself. Oh, Sue, you missed it. I read some of the viewer mail. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, by the way...
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> they found that cat in so- They
0: even have people laughing in the background like Jackie the Joke Man. Ha
7: ha 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 ha. Oh, you don't have a microphone. They've, by the way, they found that cat in the 747 that was missing for 13 days. Did you know that? What other things can I say to fill time? Is, there,
4: is my mic on now? Can you hear her? Can you hear me? And you know what else? We took- yes. Yes, boy. thank you.
3: <laughs>
4: I think I just blew out
3: the... So, um, <laughs> um, Lulu, we
7: look forward to seeing...
0: And then also just their personalities and the, the style of the banter and humor is of, is of a time. And it's like, I don't think people would really be able to do this particular style anymore right it it feels kind of like it's definitely a gen x kind of goofiness i think yeah it's again these are all things i'd like to investigate further and kind of define but it's very hard to but the, i'm i'm seeing a kind of a, a style here that should have a name. See
7: um, you tomorrow and what can we say? You are our, be, our shining star. And she's going to be really mad
4: at me. And Scott, we promised to untie you
3: But how many times? how, how many
4: times has Lewis said big friend of
3: me? Yeah. Not the
4: network. May! Fair, I was
7: making fun of you. You followed her instructions. We took a poll, by the way. <sighs> 65 of you said yes, the first year of marriage was hard and 32 said no. Once again, some information on Queens. Sue, closing remarks. <laughs> what? They can't hear me. Yes, Hand no, them something.
0: Always. Oh, I like oh. this show. Unfortunately, this is about all I think that, that exists at this oh, show anymore.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no wonder I was watching this show. It's a good show. No, I don't think
4: people knew that I was, now, knew it was
3: you.
0: Let's see if there's anything else here. Uh, it looks like there's one more clip, and then there's latter-day sissy Biggers. What is this? What, what, what did she become?
4: Hey, honey, did Jason never send us his rent payment?
0: How to host a party from 2015? Well, what is this? Get connected. CTV. <laughs> she I'm wound Con, up. Are you today? She wound up on a much more obscure CTV. What the hell is that? It's so great. To be oh wow, there's sissy Bigger's A bit I older. Have been having such a difficult
2: decision this year, whether I should
1: go to the Oscars or go to your famous Oscar party.
2: Um,
7: I think that it's a pretty easy choice, Con. You're coming to my house. Wow. So <laughs> she,
0: she did all right. <laughs> she she's doing. Sci- I mean, she's on the CTV. Whatever the heck that is. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff from the CTV. Yeah. But anyway, let's see. There's, here's... Wait, wait, Enjoy no, dinner. no, no. One more clip from 94, I think. Rhonda Shear.
6: Who was Rhonda
4: hey. Shear? I've done this. I'm proud of it. I, I have, like, really nice...
6: I Don't
0: remember who that is. Do
7: you think you could get the next part you're up for if you had the brown wig on?
4: No, I absolutely don't. I'd have to fight the same. It's the same thing. I had.
0: I had a different nose. Everyone
3: thought I was Susan She had another nose. Is this your She is known for her role as a
0: host for 1990s USA Network's Weekend B Movie Show Up All Night. Oh, okay. Change? I did. Okay, I must have. Been, I must have encountered that Up All Night. Interesting.
7: this is such a Dr. Kamer. See, yeah. I don't have a problem. I know that it's a Dr. Okay. Camry nose. I could spot that coming up No Avenue. No, it does
4: not have a flip-up nose.
7: Here I you notice, you know what you're doing? You're giving me more of the... High- there you go, honey. Uh, 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 now, Rhonda, uh, what are you uh, saying? Is uh, 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 this uh, some, uh, some form of television sabot- on-air sabotage? <laughs> He's wooing me over here. I have red wine and a candle in a front of me.
5: wine. Interesting. Ron,
4: I knew it. I knew this was happening. I slaved all day to
7: turn You man. did. I,
4: do you notice that she put the green things that were the hottest things in...
1: Uh huh, I know. Yeah. Mm. Each product we have a little story. Now we have all the nutritional mm. information. Mmm.
7: Mmm. Mm. Mmm. Mm. Mm. Ben.
9: How do you like it? It's delicious. Yeah. Well, you all the hot. Rhonda, stuff are you okay? There. you're a very really
3: wonderful <laughs> woman. Rhonda.
0: Yeah, there's something here, but it's very hard to describe.
4: This yeah. gave me all the
7: green You're things. taking this personally. <laughs> I'm
10: taking it
0: personally. <laughs> well, I
7: think this is just divine. No, it's really delicious, and no. you just watch. This is for you, Ben. For those of you, this is delicious. Mm. Divine. For those of you, by the way, mm. do we have any? have napkin, Rhonda, You all right?
0: okay. Have you. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, I think that's it. Is this it? Oh, there's more. Wait a minute. There's a whole. Uh, there's a whole episode. All right, we can't listen to. A whole, there's a whole episode of uh, Queens on here. The, that episode, but the whole episode now. Interesting. All right, I may. Have, I'll check this out off offline. Uh, but yeah, I just. Uh, I find it uh, interesting in many ways. So I'm listening to something different now. You know, today was a day when I, everything I put on was just not the right music for me. So then I thought maybe some Hindustani classical music, which is a, a genre that I know I could get into and I have dabbled in a bit. It's just a vast musical universe that I have very little background in. So I did a little, a few searches and came upon this album. I'm so happy I found this one. This is Bear's Sonic Journals, That Which Colors the Mind. So this is a series, Bear's Sonic Journals," that um, is, uh, Bear was a nickname of Owsley Stanley, who worked a lot with the Grateful Dead. as a recording engineer, among other things. And uh, this is a concert. It says uh, "The Family Dog at the Great Highway," San Francisco, May 29, 1970. And it's Aliak Bar Khan and a few other people. Zakir Hussain and... Oh, I can't read that. That's too small. I'm trying to read off the cover. Uh, yeah, h- here we go. Yeah. Indranil Bhattacharya. Yeah. And this is exactly what I needed to hear. It's so cool because there's this whole um, series of of uh, works that were re- recorded by, uh, by Bear Wasn't he also the LSD guy? I think he was the LSD guy, too. Um, Let me see. If I can find some more artists. So it's just a bunch of shows that he... uh, hmm. Yeah, it's not working. Let me try another way of finding it. I think people are going to be amazed in the future, like using a computer in 2023 is still so frustrating and random and right people will be very uh will wonder why it was so hard cuz once once we get to some kind of agi artificial general intelligence the, the computer will do it all for you anyway uh on this uh, series they have uh the chieftains i don't know them johnny cash of course There, tim buckley commander cody and his lost planet airman didn't i didn't i see the guy from commander cody performing in Austin a few years ago. I think I did. New Riders of the Purple Sage, of course. Yorma Kakukin and Jack Cassidy from... uh, I think they're from Hot Tuna, also from Jefferson Airplane, right? Almond Brothers Band, Doc and Merle Watson. So it's a whole series. Masterpieces Unearthed from Owsley's famed archive. So, I'm digging this, you know. But I know, like, if you... If you know this music this Hindustani classical music you can get so much more out of it you know I feel like this is this rabbit hole that needs to be explored but I like what I hear this is good there's a Grateful Dead angle come on and who wasn't that performed with the Grateful Dead in Egypt um, Who was that? Um, Hamza El Din, yeah, okay, was a guest musician. Yeah, Alan, yeah, Alan Aragi. That's the song by Hamza El Din, right? Yeah, we could probably listen to this. Egypt, nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, hold on. Here it is. It's from uh, September 16th,
6: 1978. Society of Cairo. So, to begin the second set, Hamza Eldin and Abu Simbel.
0: Oh, this is his set. And then. He performs with them on Alan Aragid into Fire on the Mountain. Let's see what that's like. Hi there,
6: again. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, for our visitors, not for those who live here alone. This drum, you see, did you see this picture in the pyramid? Huh?
0: Yes. I remember listening to this, this was a really good one. I'm not sure if he's in the same realm as the Hindustani Classicals, but, you know. Yeah, someone comments that the Alan to Fire to Ico is really sublime. fire on the mountain I go I go all day All right, I guess I'll listen to this then I'll go back to the other one <coughs> jumping all around musically yeah let me fast forward a bit because I know it gets a little different right Or does it switch over to fire on the number? Switch over should be cool if we can find it. Long distance runner what you When I was talking to Mike earlier in this show, I, again, I don't know if it was on tape or not. I really have no memory of what was on tape and what wasn't. That was some conversation we were having. I was talking about a fish and the Grateful Dead and how he's not into either of them. And I'm like, you know, I almost had a life without the Grateful Dead. I'm so glad that I got into them. It's an essential, essential thing to have in life. I know many of you listening don't have The Grateful Dead. That means you need to sort of get familiar with their work, listen to the live shows. Don't listen to the albums. Listen to the live shows on archive.org or relisten.net. It's a years-long process to get into The Grateful Dead, but it's so worth it. But maybe, not, it's, maybe it's not for everyone. I don't know. Maybe some people don't like Fire on the Mountain. See, normally they go from China Cat, Sunflower, into Fire on the Mountain. Pretty groovy Fire on the Mountain here. In Egypt, distance runner what you standing there for get up get out get out of the door you're playing cold music on the barroom floor drowned in your laughter and dead to the core it's a dragon with matches that's loose on the town takes a whole pail of water just to cool him down fire fire on the mountain who wouldn't dig this man this is like see every time I, i i take breaks from the grateful dead then i come back and it just it just gets better and better here we go jerry
5: Drowning in your laughter. Get, Get to the core. The There's a dragon with matches that's loose on the town. Take a whole bit of water just to cool him
8: down. Fire. Fire
3: on the mountain. Fire.
0: Nice. Anyway, in other news, I have been uh, continuing my Michael Caine uh, movie watching, and it's been really quite uh, amazing. Um, I, I think, as I mentioned last time, I watched a movie called uh, X, Y, and Z. Z-E-E spelled out because, of course, in Britain, for some strange reason, they call the letter Z, Z. But like I like to say, Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> no, that's a quote from Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction in a long time. Um. Anyway, this movie, X, Y, and Z, from 1972, is rather amazing. It's so interesting. It's so different. Uh, Michael Caine is excellent as usual. He's good in everything. He's amazing, but this also stars Elizabeth Taylor. And I think I, after watching this movie, I think I, I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie before. She's just one of those. It, she seemed to be one of those people that was, a, you know, celebrity for celebrity's sake. And you just heard about her various, their controversies, issues, uh, her friendship with Michael Jackson, and all sorts of things. Tabloid fodder, whatever. Elizabeth Liz Taylor. Um, I never really saw her acting before. I didn't really know much about her, but she's really good in this movie, and it's uh, quite a different kind of movie. It's it, it's not a spy thriller. It's a, basically it's a love triangle. Um, Michael Caine is married to Elizabeth Taylor, and he uh, and they're both you know they're kind of well to do in in the London England scene going to parties and stuff and he is uh he cheats on her but he's uh doesn't even try to hide it he just openly uh like they're at a party and he sees this woman who's the other woman played by Susanna York who's really a quite a remarkable presence in this movie as well um he just starts a relationship with her and Liz Elizabeth Taylor knows all about it it's not hidden at all and her reaction to it Is, you know, so the movie is sort of about how this all plays out in a messy, horrible way. And um, all the characters are rather despicable people, really. I mean, I guess the Susanna York character, Stella, uh, is a character. Perhaps not quite as despicable as the Michael Caine and uh, Elizabeth Taylor characters, but it's a really brilliant character study. Especially Elizabeth Taylor, her character Z, her name is Z, Z E E, so that's actually where the, yeah, Z comes in. Um, why are they calling it Z and Company? Is that a different name for it? In another, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, she is really passive aggressive, narcissistic, um, and really, they do seem like real people that you might meet. You wouldn't want to meet them because they're, they're such, uh, like, horrible people. But uh, it's a really amazing performance by Liz Taylor. I, I can't really—I've read a few reviews which, which say that some people feel it's one of her best performances ever. And they do say this is kind of a dark comedy. Um, But, I mean, it's a bit uncomfortable to watch. It's just kind of unbelievable— just like the central premise that this guy is just cheating openly, and um, you know, Elizabeth Taylor kind of deals with it in different ways. Like the like, Stella runs a shop and she goes there, and is acting all fake, and it's it's quite a movie. I never saw it before. Um, what does this YouTube say mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor Michael Caine acting masterclass? Um, yeah so that was actually really good then I found out that the movie that I described an episode or two ago The Ipcrest File was I had no idea that it was a series of films right Uh, The Ipcrest File with uh, the spy Harry Palmer played by Michael Caine of course is um, is a series there's a a main trilogy and then there's more of them so um, I watched Funeral in Berlin the second uh Harry Palmer um movie so Ip crisp was 65 Fun- funeral in berlin is 66 and this is actually a quite a good movie uh, uh, as well it's uh it's it's a bit less it's a bit more straightforward in terms of its direction cuz i think the first one really um had kind of a brilliance in its uh Focusing on the mundane aspects of life Funeral in Berlin is more of a straightforward story um, Essentially about a, a Russian general That wants to defect from East Berlin to the West And Harry Palmer, sort of in the middle of all of it And I thought it was good You know, it's not a great movie, but it was very good It's very cool to see that character again The sort of um, sarcastic, insubordinate Harry Palmer And the third movie in the series I am still watching. I'm in the middle of it, so I haven't finished it yet. It's Billion Dollar Brain from 1967. And this one, uh, thus far, is quite different. It's directed by Ken Russell. I'm not super familiar with his work. I've heard his name, though. He, I guess, um, he directed Altered States in 1980. I remember going to see that when I was a kid, that one. The Who's Tommy And, uh, yeah, he has a very distinct uh, style as well. He sort of focuses in on architectural details, paintings on walls, things like that. And uh, they said this movie was kind of the odd movie out in this this case. What do they say about the reception here? Author and critic Ann Bilson calls this by far the best film of the series, noting that critics and audiences did not like it on first release. The Guardian called it just terrible. What rubbish it all is, said the Observer. TV Guide says, overly plotted and almost without humor, Billion Dollar Brain, which takes the name from the computer Midwinter, used uses to plan his invasion. Not nearly as entertaining as its predecessors in the Harry Palmer trilogy, the Ipcrest Violin Funeral in Berlin. Michael Caine thought the visuals were stunning, but felt Ken Russell lost the story somewhere, and no one... Could care a damn about what was going on because they couldn't follow what was going on. So, difference of opinion on this movie. I, I as again, I'm halfway through it. It's interesting. It takes place in the very bleak, uh, I guess Helsinki, Finland, or something <laughs> like. It's a very bleak, you know, Helsinki in winter. Um, and uh, Ed Begley Sr. is in it, <laughs> not Ed Begley Jr. And Carl uh, Malden, interestingly, is uh, one, of, <coughs> one of the stars of the movie. He was big in the, in the 70s. He had a show called Skag about a, about a union guy. We used to make fun of it when we were kids. Yeah, he has that big, somewhat misshapen nose as his, uh, his trademark look. So I got to keep watching this one. But yeah. And then not only that, there's a, there's more additions in the Harry Palmer series. And we shall see right now if I can find it. Yes. So uh, the next movie is Spy Story, which is um, not Michael Caine. And they changed the name of Harry Palmer to Patrick Armstrong for some reason. But it's, I guess it's part of the series, technically. I don't know about that one. There's no Michael Caine in it. I don't think I'm going to watch it. But then in 1995 and 1996, there were two TV movies made starring Michael Caine as Harry Palmer, Bullet to Beijing and Midnight in St. Petersburg. So I'll have to to search these out to continue my uh, Michael Caine uh, watching. I don't know if they're good or bad. I don't know what's going on with them. But it's kind of interesting, right? The years later they brought back Harry Palmer. And there was an Ipcris file TV series just last year in 2022. Um... The new actor, Joe Cole, as Harry Palmer, and uh six episode T V series. So I don't know. I don't know how far I'm gonna go in terms of these. I, I think I wanna watch the movies that have Michael Caine in it, first and foremost. But uh, it's been it's been actually quite quite entertaining. He is great. He's Michael Caine is a unique great uh actor and presence, obviously. For anyone that knows. Here's that video I that I saw a link to. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor Michael Caine acting master class in 1972's X, Y, and Z. So yeah, here they are. He's shaving, and they're having like an argument. Gives you an example of what's going on here. Whoa, what is this? Wicked Hollywood. I don't know what that means. I just want to see the scene. And you
8: go quite mad. You start bringing people up and going through my things. You check my panties. And you come out in all those white spots. It doesn't enhance you, you know. Remember last month when I came in that hire car to that bloody banquet, and you were waiting for me on the steps. All hot and bothered, weren't you? Because I was sitting next to the driver and it took me a moment to get out and you thought the worst. You thought we were finishing something off, didn't you? And you had to have me right then and there in the lane. Didn't you? didn't you get out of here
0: you
10: slut
8: and you love it you love it love it that's why you're still here you love the uncertainty you don't know what I did yesterday you don't know who I was with or what I got up to you don't know what I'm gonna do today and nor do I
10: enjoy yourself
8: oh I have baby
0: anyway that's a little idea of it yeah I was, I was reading about Elizabeth Taylor, sorry. Um I guess she is ha- like she's has a she was born in Britain, in England, I think. And then came to America. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a lot of stuff I'm forgetting. Like there was all these controversies with her and stuff. Yeah, she was born in England. Yeah. And her mother was an actress too. Um What was her name? The, the mother. Hmm. I gotta hold on a second. Uh... But what was the big thing with her? What am I forgetting? What was the big controversy? Or the big issue? Or there's something I'm forgetting. Why? Why can't I find this? I thought it was. I thought it was easy to find that information. Sarah Southern. Sarah Southern. Uh, 1895 to 1994. Wow, she lived to 99 years old. Wow. Sarah Southern. It kind of rings a bell. What was she in? Was she in movies and stuff? Was she a more stage actor? Hmm, I don't know. She made her film debut in 1914. Anyway, what was the big controversy with Elizabeth Taylor? I don't know. I don't know. I think she was just like a tab- like in all the tabloids because of her like relationships and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I it's, I don't know. We- <coughs> weird. I thought there was something else. Maybe I'm confusing it with someone else. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of that uh, Stephen Banks Home Entertainment Center special on Showtime. 1989. It's kind of the kind of the same shtick. It's kind of like he's in his apartment and singing songs, being all distracted and It's kind of a kind of a good gag.
3: <coughs>
0: yeah, I think that Rhonda Shear, that other episode of Live from Queens. I don't know when they changed the name just to Queens. She was like a sort of a co-host at one point, too. It's always fascinating to find stuff from the past that is so obscure. <coughs> what was it that happened recently? There was like, yeah, yeah. There's I have this CD. I mentioned it on that really old program from our channel here called CD Memories from years ago where I went through with my entire CD collection. C4FB or CF4B. It's, it's something like that. I called it the most obscure CD in the collection, C4FB I think it's called, Moog-powered, and uh, I could find almost no information about it, so I was really interested to try to like delve into the information, and uh, then I found out the guy that, that did it, since I have the physical CD, the guys I forget the guy's name, but he was like a big, he was in with the The crowd at CBGBs. He was like a sound engineer at CBGBs and stuff, and I don't know that I that I found out so much about him made me lose interest in it. (coughs) It has to be obscure, man, super obscure. I don't know what is it about that. Just if I think no one else knows about it, I want to know more. I think part of it is the thought that, you know, like, if you get on the trail of something, uh, that your efforts could be uh, important or useful. I know there's a lot of cases where there's things that I've sort of dredged up, discovered, and when I later, years later, do web searches for that topic, the overnightscape uh, text description file is the only thing that comes up. It's the only place that there's information about this particular topic. I really dig that, you know. I feel like I'm providing a service, some breadcrumbs along other people's rabbit hole journeys. Well, of course, that's what that Andy Kaufman guy uh, was trying to do. Whatever happened to that guy, Steve Maddox? I wish he could just, like, just become a normal person. <laughs> you know, I know he had his secret life trying to p- convince everyone Andy Kaufman was still so alive, but can't he just become a normal person? and come on the show and stuff. I know he he was on once or twice as himself on those Zoom calls, or... That was just before Zoom. Google Video, Google Hangouts. Yeah, I don't know. Thinking about what I was talking about earlier, trying to define what it is about, for example, that show Queens, and um, what was it about the style of banter that was... More compelling and I think, and I've tried to, to talk about this in the past, the idea that um, any any kind of creativity or any kind of um, human expression is ultimately coming from where? like as I'm speaking right now, I'm doing something, it feels like it's coming from a source deep inside me. And rising up to the surface and then coming out, right? As I'm forming these words and these thoughts. Right. And um so it's it what I've what I've said in the past is that the closer you get to that source, which we don't really know what, the, what it is, it gives it a certain quality, right? Um so for example, if someone was to write down what they're gonna say and then read it, Uh, you know, pretty much it's going to, you're going to feel the distance from that source. Uh, If you want to call it like a light, it's it's, it's very dim, right? When when someone is reading what they wrote. But a lot of times people need to write that stuff down because, you know, in, in the moment it's hard to come up with stuff. But stuff like that Live from Queens or Howard Stern or other shows where people are just talking off the top of their head, they don't have a script, they're just talking. They're much closer to uh, that light, and it really, in in terms of being a, 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 an observer, a part of the audience of the, of a show like that, you can really, you really get that, and it's it's sort of like you're experiencing someone else's inner light in a in that way, right? And uh, clearly, and uh, you know, in order to do that, each individual person has a personality life experiences, sensibilities, et cetera, and then they're sort of uh, channeling that inner light of creativity, right, through their voice and through what they're saying, et cetera, um, out. And I think that that's what I'm seeing. And, I I, I mean, that's what I'm doing here, I think. I would, you know, I hope. I don't ever read scripts. I just, (coughs) I mean, I do read stuff, obviously, but you know when I'm reading stuff. Otherwise, I'm just sort of talking off the top of my head. So... It has something to do with that. So, like, other shows where people are just sort of reading teleprompters or what have you or much more careful what they're saying or, you know, rehearsed or whatever. Um, you're, you're not getting as much of that stuff, you know. And then it is sort of like uh, all of a person's history kind of comes through in that in that time, you know. Um, you have to have sort of... Uh, lived through a lot of stuff and then everything you say sort of goes through that lens so i feel like every uh you know the world that you grew up in and all the experiences you had are going to very much color that and i think that for example my generation generation x right the older x's for example like me I mean, X goes from 60, born in 65 to born in 80. I mean, if you're born in 80, you miss out on the 70s completely. But I sort of feel like older Xs like me, and Amy Carter, of course. Uh, who are the other ones that are right born? Uh, Moon Unit Zappa was born right around the same time I was. Lee Schreiber. And, of course, on the actual day I was born was um, figure skater Tiffany Chin. I don't know much about her. And, of course... Uh, comic book artist, somewhat controversial comic book artist, because of his art style, not because of anything else, uh, Rob Liefeld. uh, Rob Liefeld and Tiffany Chan were born the same exact day I was born. Hmm. What should we call this discussion? The Inner Light. That's also a Beatles song. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like... uh, I don't, I don't know that, right, what, is it, what am I trying to say? <coughs> that it really depends on all of your life experiences. And I do feel that, right, for example, my childhood in the 1970s uh, was very different than a childhood in the 1980s or the 1990s or the 2000s. Or for that matter, for the sixties or the fifties, it, it's going to give a different quality and tone to to someone's uh, personality. I guess you could say is, is is this just a matter of personality? And in, you know, in what forms do people have a chance to express that personality, direct from the source, right? The inner light, what have you? Because uh, you know, like a, an actor is going to be you know saying the words that someone else wrote. A stand-up comedian is going to be, you know, at times speak from the inner light, but most of it is memorized. It's a memorized routine. Though, you do get some of that uh, from from comedians, but... uh, So I think something like a live talk show, you could say a radio show. I think, like I said, the Howard Stern show was very much... uh, Exemplified that type of banter, and just an interest in what in the real as opposed to this the the artifice of of the formality of things. I, I one of Howard Stern's quotes was that you know he's always interested about these people that are on the radio or what have you, and they they're so formal and so reserved. And he said he was listening to news radio once and he heard something in the background like a door slam or something and then everyone was quiet for a minute and he's like and then they had to just continue on he's like no talk about what just happened in in your studio did someone slam the door in anger there was a big fight Ooh, we can't talk about that right so I don't know I don't know if there's a yeah again I'm I'm sort of searching for a definition to something that I, I don't I don't know it feels very slippery to try to define, you know. Anyway, yeah, you know, over the weekend, uh, I think as I mentioned, uh, Sunday was that uh, eleven nineteen, the 209 holiday, because 11 times 19 equals 209. And it was also the 24th anniversary of the start of this project, you know, the dawn of bluffcosm.com, which through a series of stages became Sug Radio. I wanted to get the book out that day, but uh yeah, I still have a ways to go in the book. As I as this is the third edition, I've been down this road before, but I'm at the part where I'm getting towards the end, but I know it it sort of feels like this endless tunnel that just keeps getting longer, like dreams where you're running down a tunnel it just stretches into the I've I've but I've experienced this before, so I know it's a, I'm eventually going to finish it. But it feels like this for every one thing you do, it feels like there's five things you didn't do and it's just like this Ugh. The book finishing process, yeah. I'm getting there, though. I'm getting there. And in two days, it is Thanksgiving, so (coughs) let me go into uh, in-laws' house. (coughs) I'm 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 remembering back to last year's Thanksgiving. I think that's the one where I was watching these these two uh, relatives play chess. It doesn't feel like a year ago. It's weird. It feels like maybe five months ago. It was, th- it had to be Thanksgiving. What other holiday would it have been? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yes, the sense of time all over the place. What do you want? Yeah, we're going to be picking up our tofu turkeys, you know, from uh, Veggie Heaven and freaking vegan. I guess we're going to get <coughs> multiple, uh, Thanksgiving vegan options. looking <clears> at <throat> this uh, <coughs> chessboard we got from my parents' house. It's really nice. It's made of like marble or granite or something. All these inlaid stones and stuff. But the pieces. The pieces are somewhere else. A chessboard without pieces sounds very profound. Is it though? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wait, shouldn't I see the fire like reflected in the on the chessboard? No, the angle's not right. We'll get my gas fireplace there. No, if I, no, wrong angle. Wrong angle for the fire to be reflected in the chessboard without pieces. That all sounds very profound, but it's not. Or is it? Anyways, with that, I'd like to say thank you so much for patching in to this episode of The Overnightscape. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora, here in Nutley, New Jersey. It's cold and rainy and dark outside now. It gets dark so early. Every year when this happens, it feels like a new phenomenon, even though it happens every year. The solstice situation, etc., it's darker earlier. Yeah. Or in brighter later. Wait, that's in the summer. Wasn't that an album by Nick Drake? Was that Nick Drake? I remember I got into him for a little bit. For a little while, at least. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so we're here on On Silk Radio, a radio station uh, inside the book. Let's so go to Onsug.com for all your needs. Onsug needs. O N S U G, it stands for Overnightscape Underground. But the main name for the project uh, moving forward is Onsug Radio. And it has been for a long time. Yeah, if you go to Onsug.com, you can get hear all the latest shows, me and the other hosts on the channel. You can participate in a show called Overnightscape Central very easily. Just listen to the end of the, each episode for how you can participate. And we would love to hear from you. We have over 14,000 hours of audio in the archive. That's over a year and seven months of audio. It's all preserved. It's all free forever. This is a non-commercial project. We have a very unique style. There's nothing else like OnSug Radio out there, really. You can buy a copy of the previous edition of the book, uh, or if you want to wait, you can get the new edition. But no matter what, you can always download a copy of the book uh, as a PDF for free. As we are a non-commercial project, everything is uh, free or as close to free as possible. When it comes to the print-on-demand books, of course, they can't be free. But I price them as low as possible, even though the prices have been going up because of inflation and supply chain, yada, yada. You see what I'm saying. Now that you know about OnSug Radio, you have a vast world of audio to explore. Congratulations, as most people have not heard of OnSug Radio, because we are rather obscure, unfortunately. But who knows? As time goes on, that may change. Probably in a couple hundred years, people will be like, "Oh, wow, this is great." <laughs> Whatever happened to all the people that? We're, well, it's hundreds of years later. We're we're, we're no longer around. We're like uh, reincarnated or something. What do you want? Am I listening to this very audio in a future incarnation? I know that that could be kind of crazy talk. So someone in the year eight thousand, could I have been Frank, Edward, Nora? In the past and I've just reincarnated well in the future they you'd probably be able to tell they'd probably uh you know they'd probably figure out the technology to see all your previous uh, incarnations that'd be rather horrific <laughs> can you imagine it's like uh not only that do, do you have to pay for your crimes in your past lives too that's not good it's it's good for the past lives to be uh forgotten and wiped out at least at this level. I'm sure when you go up one level, you, you can remember all those lives. And you're like, oof. Oh, yeah, that three lives ago. Oof. Yeah, I, I, I was happy not to remember that for that lifetime. Now i got to remember it again. Oh, yeah, yeah." Can you imagine? Just in one lifetime, all the cringe moments and difficult memories. Can you imagine remembering uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of lives and all of the well, hopefully at the next level up, you're, you're a higher being and you're not, you're, you're not so stung by all those embarrassments and awkward things and all sorts of things. Stupid things you said hundreds of years ago. Or, you know, yeah. Would you remember all the stupid things you said? <laughs> yes, you would. Anyways, talking about stupid things, this is not one of those. This is a wonderful, amazing thing. It is always the same and yet always different. It is an experience unlike any other. It is a collection of audio clips and music <clears throat> that I've been uh, <coughs> putting together since. Uh, yeah, it's it's it was January twenty thirteen when I started doing this on every episode. Wow, so I've been doing this for a while, and you're about to experience. And they're all they're all every single one is different. And you know the the. In each episode is different, and there's always something new in each one too. Are you ready let's Let's not delay any further. Without any further ado. This is the other side. popular sounds here, as it is at college campuses across the country, is something called alternative rock, a style of music that over the past couple of years has come more and more to resemble that to which it was once supposed to provide an alternative. Take a look. Definitely
1: this year, alternative is, is kind of where it's at. There's a, a big variety of sounds under the alternative music umbrella. Um, everything from, from techno... To the other extreme, the Seattle-based rock, which is uh, which is really hot and happening now. I, you, girl, Christ, girl, born and born
9: I really don't know why it's happened. I'm glad that it has, just because of the fact that you know, I mean. So many great bands now are getting a chance to, to tour and, and and to get their music out and stuff. Okay. Perry might have actually, you know, awakened a lot of people as far as, you know, with Lollapalooza last year because of the fact he did make it into newspapers and stuff like that.
2: My heroes are usually. Um people that play today's music, you know, I don't care so much about people of old and dead rock stars, you know, I'm really interested in what's going on now.
3: It's rock and roll
1: band, we play our songs, you know, play them to the people, and people like them, That's, that's cool.
5: It would have been like Nirvana comes along out of the underground that has the real spirit of, you know, you know, really expresses something that's going on in the culture and it's not just a you know, commodity. Teen Spirit has given a lot of people sort of renewed inspiration for the music business because finally there's something that's authentic, you know, that is also selling a lot of records.
6: Give it away, give it away, give it away now, give it away. Give it away, give it away now Give it away, give it away, give it away now I can't tell a fuck I keep another
1: fuck I no, don't hear us on the radio anymore, on college radio, and it kind of hurts me because I feel like they think that we've abandoned them or that whole scene because we've we, we achieve, achieved all this commercial success, but that's not true, we've done, we're doing the same thing we've always done, it's just more people are paying attention to it now, and that's not our fault.
5: We inevitably become part of the mainstream,
3: we sell a lot of records because you know, that's what the mainstream is really.
6: Because somebody makes it, I don't think that they're a solo, I think that they just started to catch on.
2: Everyone's listening to Alternative music now. I think it's just a fad, it's gonna go back
9: out again. I really don't know what style is going to be the next Alternative style. Because now, I guess, Alternative is now mainstream and almost commercial, so there's going to be an alternative to the Alternative, which will be like sub-Alternative, but not quite Alternative enough to
10: be accepted commercially, which I don't...
9: What did I just
1: say? I don't know.
0: Alternative music goes mainstream.
11: You were wondering what this whole night station thing was all about. That's why we came here to the Weasel Village Mall. They have a great night station location here. They built it while they were adding a wing to the mall, so they were able to integrate their trains into the architecture of the mall. Going high up by the glass ceiling, on a winding elevated track over the food court, and even looking down into some of the stores. So it's right over this way. I hear they have a new trip that just got released this week. Let's walk past the statue of Lamar the Macho Chemist. And I hear they're opening up the magic smut restaurant over there, but the hoarding isn't up yet. Wow, see? Look up there. That's one of the tracks. You should see a night station train coming around the corner Any? Anyway. Oh, so there it is. The black and red hot rod train. I love that one. Maybe we'll get that one. I wonder what trip they're on. At this location they have six different trips and they are updating them all the time. But of course the old trips go into storage, but sometimes they bring them back, or set them up at other night station locations. One that I loved, they had a few years ago, was Bortel Scopfield Cyber City, really almost felt like you were inside the movie Tron. But the sets and the projections were kind of rudimentary. I mean, the large, boxy shapes that are associated with cyberspace were easier to build and their techniques have become much more advanced since then. But I heard the rumor they might be bring it back totally rebuilt, like redone from the ground up. I really hope they do it, but of course there are so many new trips they're working on. And, right around the corner here, there it is. Yeah I know, the line is super long, but I made a reservation, so we can go into members' entrance, since I'm a member. The entrance area is always so exciting. The train's going by on three levels. It's so cool when you're on a trip. And you're so immersed in the world of the trip. But then in the middle you pop right out back in the queue area. It's kind of disorienting. And then back into the trip. And also, what they built at this location. Really a cool idea. Is there's an interior train station inside. Where you can stop. And hang out. There are some observation decks to look into some of the other trips. A snack bar. Restrooms. And an arcade. When you're ready to continue your trip, your ticket is coded to make sure to continue where you left off from. I know some people who just hang out in there for hours, and they don't seem to mind the night station people. Oh wow, there aren't many folks online here. Great. We should be able to get on before too long. And see that panel up there? The front will slide down, and there's a little puppet show in there. You know, the recurrent night station characters. There are all sorts of little details, and you could come here every day for a month. And some of these things, you might just get a look at once or twice. It's really made for people to keep returning. It never gets old. I think that was one of the concerns the investors had at the beginning. Yeah, at Disney World or wherever, people only go there every few years. But at mall, say, you want repeat business, so it can't be boring. But Night Station made sure not only do they add new rides often, but each time you ride it, there are secrets and hidden things, so that no two rides are ever the same. Let's go in, shall we?
0: not be televised this evening. On a CBS special movie presentation, take the plunge into
9: a magical musical wonderland with Sammy Davis Jr., Red Button, Shelly Winters,
6: Donald O'Connor, Sherman Hemsley, Martha Ray, Imogene Coca, Telly Savalas, Anthony Newley, Artie Johnson, Roddy McDowell, Jane Meadows, Sid Caesar, Ringo, Carol Channing, Jack Warden, Sally Struthers, Donna Mills, Anne Gillian, Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet, and many more in Irwin Allen's Alice in Wonderland, next.
9: Alice in Wonderland. Sponsored by GTE Sylvania. When you're looking for quality lighting, look for Sylvania, where the best
6: comes to light. You
9: see those lights... They're burning out too soon in ordinary soft white light bulbs. But not me. I'm in Sylvania's soft white bulbs. Why, in this 61 alone, I can burn 50 more hours. And only these Sylvania bulbs have a guarantee. So, get Sylvania's soft white light bulbs instead of those guys with a dim future. Ask for Sylvania, where the best comes to light.
8: Okay, that's Four McDLTs, two large fries, and a Diet Coke? Right. Oh, It's hot. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I'll clean up. (gasps) McDonald's, where the refrigerator stocks up.
10: Oh, right over there? Oh, 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 yeah.
2: Failed again. How about these?
8: Hi there. My name is Teddy Ruxpin. How are you today?
4: Fine. Well then, I would like to.
2: Tell Teddy you
8: Ruxpin. It's alive!
2: The world's first animated storytelling bear. Now available at stores everywhere.
3: It's alive. <laughs>
2: Windows on
5: America. Pictures go by. The land and the sky.
9: With Amtrak's low fares, you can travel across the country and back for just $275 or less. Or turn a one-way ticket worth over $50 into a round-trip ticket for just $7 more.
1: have teenagers been renting mostly these days? Uh, mostly, I guess I'd have to say Bird on the Wire, uh, Men at Work, uh,
2: My Blue Heaven's real new. Uh, been getting calls for that for about a
3: month. Uh, Madhouse is real popular. Uh, plus Total Recall is
6: Arnold Schwarzenegger's
3: real popular. Alright.
1: Now, can we get your favorite my
2: Favorite movie? Yep. Uh, for recent movies, I'd have to say uh, Short Time is real good. Short Time? Yeah, with Dabney Goldman. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a good funny show, good funny action. Um, plus, really, uh, Hunt for Red October is really
6: good. Yeah. You've probably yeah. seen that. Yeah. A good yeah, Sean huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the more popular ones, also. Yeah.
1: The Hunt for Red October all these movies that's right we selected the best and the worst first Bill and Ted's excellent adventure I thought it was really great Oscar material here the naked gun it was a really great movie I can't wait for the sequel the naked gun two and a half Wayne Pocus. never actually watched it but it looks pretty dumb Wild Orchid. Hot stuff. Only mature audiences, please. Back to the Future, Part 3. Back to the Future 3. Too confusing. What a good movie for a Tuesday night. Dawn of the Dead. Gross, gory, non-stop violence. I liked it a lot. (laughs) Satisfaction. Never saw it. War of the Roses. Not to be confused with the Jewel of the Nile. Camila liked it, I thought it was alright. They all die at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! Batman. The box office smash. If you haven't seen it on cable or rented it yet... Dude, let's take a gander through the store now. Now for you uh, buffs watching at home that are recording this show, you can pause it and just pick out exactly where that movie is that you want it to see and you can find it in a snap. Say anything, that was a good flick, yep. Green man. That was all right. Big! Leatherface, Chainsaw Massacre 2. All right. Oh, sensor, (laughs) (laughs) sensor! Of course, they have a wide variety here. Got your hunting videos, some of which are really good, informative. Can we get more into the horror over here? And over here, action science fiction to an extent, I suppose. James Bond. Drama. Real life with the bad parts, you know, edited. (laughs) Well, that concludes the uh, video. Be kind and rewind.
6: salted golden brown fritos. Good anytime.
10: Someone else knows what's good. Another bag of fritos, Klondike.
6: Okay, coming right up. One bag of crisp salted fritos.
10: Hey, Klondike, how about digging another bag of fritos?
6: Here they come. Those delicious
8: golden chips of corn. Old miner,
10: 49 Press those golden
8: chips of corn
1: This is Klondike free fritos Grab your fritos, here they come
10: A partner of mine wants a bag of fritos, Klondike Any more left?
6: Your thing, Frito kid And plenty more where these came from
10: Got a customer Send up another bag of fritos, Klondike
1: Right up, fritos kid Crisp, salted, golden, brown fritos
10: Dig those chips, dig that gold, dig those chips of corn.
1: They are dug and salted, too. Tinto's best for you.
10: Wake up, Klondike. Need another bag of delicious Fritos.
1: Okay, Frito kid. No rest for the merry when you're digging Fritos.
10: Hey, Klondike, quit eating those Fritos and send up another bag.
8: Here they come, the best corn chips made.
10: Partner, you just bought the world's biggest nickels worth, right, Klondike?
1: Bag, a bag of gold, fritos, golden chips of corn.
10: Hey, Klondike, how about digging some golden chips to send up here?
6: Here they come, fritos, those golden chips of corn.
10: Hey, Klondike, some hungry folks up here, dig another bag of fritos.
6: Here they come! Catch the bag and start enjoying Free
8: Let's play Ice Queen. They got
10: their minds!
3: Pre-recorded
8: in the studios of the Maryland Center for Public Broadcasting. We'll be